Hey, this is episode 187 of the Collector's Quest podcast. In this episode, we're, we're just talking about the Wii U. It's not a guide to collecting the Wii U. It's not a retrospective. It's, uh, no one has talked about the Wii U for four years, so we're gonna talk about it and look at some of the crazier priced games that you would not expect to see on a console as not beloved as the Wii U. If you haven't noticed, the Switch has already been alive longer than the Wii U has, and Switch is still chugging along. Four years into Wii U's life, it was dead with a capital D. So tell your mom about the show, give us five stars on iTunes, try to remember the last time you thought about the Wii U, and let's go. on everybody in the metaverse welcome back to nintendonomics i'm your boy tax exempt tyler here with johnny what's going on johnny uh hey not much whatever name you, you never know yourself. how to respond because you never know what i'm gonna open with no uh we don't do a standard opening it's like always close but never actually just how it should be johnny we're talking about zigging when the others are zagging we're talking about going for them blue ocean investments while other people are in the red ocean if you know what i'm saying i i don't but i can guarantee <laughs> that most of these games have had a double bottom and are starting to spike we we're doing like bullshit uh like, technical uh, analysis talk, right? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely tell the future by looking at the past. That's just how it works. Yeah. So what what are we talking about? Do you even know? Do I have to tell you what we're talking about? I was told last episode, or for like two episodes now, you wanted to do an episode on the surprising collectability of the Wii U. Yeah, and that was my funny title. When you first said that, the thing that popped into my mind was, what surprising collectability of the Wii U? Because, uh, Johnny, it's the Wii U. I know. And I was, and my point was, I was going to take you on a little journey and surprise you with some of the games that are, that are actually selling on the Wii U and why also the why of the Wii U. I don't understand. Uh, we, this is the collector's quest is baffled by people spending money on the Wii U episode. If we didn't have to, uh, put like, so, not like total clickbait, but if we didn't have to put a title that made sense. The why of the Wii U would be a pretty good title, Johnny. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we this isn't going to be a So You Want to Collect. We also had a Wii U episode four years ago, which, like, I can't even believe I've been on this podcast for four years. You know what? We might we might be recovering some ground again, but you don't remember that show anyway. And it was yeah. back when we had shitty audio quality, so don't go back and listen to it. I think uh, also, four years passed. I think I think yeah, we can retread some ground allowed. that we covered four years ago. You might th say things have changed in the last four years as well. So uh, a little bit. So that was right when the Wii U was pretty much dead. I, I remember the cover art for that episode was me sticking a Pikmin 3 disc into my Switch. Because uh, Pikmin 3 was pretty much the only game on the Wii U that had not been ported to Switch. And now here we are four years later and literally everything has been ported to Switch no, and I have not gonna... seen anyone talk about the Wii U in a long time. No, that's one that's not true. There's a bunch of games that are still exclusives to the Wii U. 
Oh, okay. I'm I'm ready to talk about them. Yeah. I mean, it's the next Sega Saturn, Johnny. So uh, it I must mean, have it a is... bunch of exclusives that people are excited over. It, it is funny to say it is the next Sega Saturn because uh, as we were discussing, I think that is something Kat and I said before you were even on the show. So that makes it like five years ago, five or six years ago. And then you made a joke about it when you came on the show, like, you know, somewhere around that four year mark, probably in that very episode where we we're talking about whether it was dead. And then uh, I literally watched a YouTube video and within the first 30 seconds, this guy said the Wii U is the next Sega Saturn 30 seconds in. And I was just like, man, we said some dumb thing and somehow it got out into the world and people have been regurgitating it and they still are. And we were not correct. I don't think. Do you do you wish to dispute that point? Now, I, I have only ever said that facetiously because I don't think it has anything in common with Sega Saturn besides that it's a semi-failed console. I mean, by Nintendo terms, clearly failed. I mean, Sega Sega was already floundering with stuff like the 32X. I guess yeah. compared to the Genesis, it was a pretty big failure. Well, and, and that's, well, if you want to draw comparisons, that is one thing it has in common, right? Because the Wii U launches right after the Wii and everything looks like a failure after the Wii because the Wii was a juggernaut. Yeah. So, like putting it in that in the in the wake of the Wii and like trying to compare those as the same thing is it's not tenable. Also, they gave it this horrible name, the Wii U, which was just confusing because like, does it play Wii games? Not really. Okay. Uh, what? Yeah. It, it, this was bad naming. I know what they wanted to capitalize on, but. Um, too many people who weren't into video game culture bought the Wii to make that kind of uh, naming convention. Yes. All right. Sell sell me on the the hot exclusives, Johnny. So first of all, uh, you want to know some? Exclusives. Yeah. So prices aside, zigging when people are zagging aside. Tell me that the Wii U is interesting. I I have uh, I have defended the Wii U in the past. I think people will eventually see it as the original place for a, a bunch of games, not a great number of games, uh, but it's got it's got its Mario game. It's got Super Mario Maker. If that becomes a thing, this is the first Super Mario Maker. It's got Breath of the Wild, technically the version Breath of the Wild was developed for. Maybe somehow in some universe that gains a status similar to Twilight Princess on GameCube where it wasn't the marquee console at launch, but people kind of like that version more because it... Uh, one has a more attractive box because it's black, and two, it was a technically the original version. Well, I I think I think some of that might come true, right? One of the things the Wii U has going for it is that it didn't perform well, and the Switch has performed incredibly well, and the Wii performed incredibly well. So it's in this weird middle zone where you did get games that got ported out to the Switch, right? So if people only care about the original releases, if they are the Tylers of the world. The, this is the system they're going to have to go back to, and there's going to be maybe less of them because the system didn't sell well. So if you want your original Pikmin 3, you're going to have to go there. But there there are some exclusives that I, I can give you. Right, do you want me no, to... I want... Prove to me this is the Sega Saturn, because when people think I'm Sega not, Saturn... Look, look, listen, listen. <laughs> don't put me in that box. I'm not saying it is. I, I'm, and I'm not even saying that it's incredibly interesting... I'm saying people are paying a lot of big money for certain games on the system. And it's a little confusing right now. I, I think that maybe people will 
eventually gravitate to the Wii U a little more. Like, I think people are just picking it up, but I'm confused because I keep seeing videos about the Wii U, but I never see it posted, like, aside from, like, YouTube. I never see anyone posting it on, like, Instagram. Like, I don't get, like, I don't see in any of the, uh, you know, high, high-end high rooms, no one's talking about the Wii U. So, like, where is the Wii U heat coming from? Where? Why do people get so many clicks on Wii U videos? I don't understand that. It's crazy that you say that just because I get recommended those same videos. So it will be either uh, more kind of modern era collectors or it will be uh, like flippers. Flipper channels get recommended to me and they'll have like YouTube face. They'll be holding a stack of blurred out Wii U games and they'll be like, Wii U games are worth how much? And uh, I think it's funny. I get recommended those same videos, but in our collecting circle and we are in a specific Instagram collecting circle where we kind of pick and choose who we do follow. But man, no one cares about Wii U right now. No one. And like, I remember a few years ago, like when Wii U was more current, obviously because it was like the the newest Nintendo console, but people would post Wii U games. People were like, oh yeah, check it out. I got Breath of the Wild came out on Wii U. That's kind of neat. The only thing I've seen in the past four years is like, Shakedown Hawaii came out. Oh, weird. The limited run game. uh, What was that Metroid game that came out? Uh, Axiom Verge. Axiom Verge finally came out after f- weird years of limbo. Like that's the only thing I've ever seen collectors talk about besides. Uh... Well, and just dance. Oh, just dance because they're the last just dance on a console always becomes an instant collectible, Johnny. It's just the well, way of the world. I, well, it's funny because the like we'll get into some of the exclusives, but the funny thing with just dance is just dance 2020, which I had on my sheet like as a for sure thing once they announced it. Never came out on the Wii U, but it did come out on the Wii. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, like one of the craziest things to ever happen in gaming. Like when you start uh, making the timelines of like first and last games on consoles to have a console from a previous generation completely surpass. uh, Maybe Shakedown Hawaii ruined that. But like for a series completely surpassed, that's probably the first time that's ever happened. Yeah. I mean, maybe uh, there might be some like obscure PS2 Uh, game or something. I don't know. You're right. Uh, I, and I mean, like, uh, there are consoles like Atari 5200 where, like, the 2600 just blew past it like it didn't exist. But, uh, yeah. I mean, but especially for modern day, it's like, it's a, it's still weird. It doesn't matter if it's happened before. It's a weird thing. Oh, yeah. And it's not expected. So, you uh, know, let me... despite that, I mean, speaking from a Wii U's perspective, that makes Just Dance 2020 on Wii a pretty interesting thing. And it makes nothing about Just Dance on Wii U interesting. That's correct. Man, Johnny, four years ago, I thought like Just Dance 2016 gold and Just Dance 2017 gold. I thought those were going to be like super cool, like kind of late release things that like people would want. And those aren't even like the second and first last Just Dance on the console. Just, oh my God. So yeah, the um, those aren't even that expensive anymore. Now, like you can get a, a 2017 for 10 bucks. I need like I need to go edition. get those now. I need to go check which ones I don't have and just go get them because yeah, I feel so like my ex- shelf is a little incomplete because they do have such different spines, right? They have a different, they have a goldish spine. The, yeah, the gold ones have a, a gold. It's like a blue and gold spine. Yeah. Okay. So I got to get those because now I, f- I feel like I'm lacking with my just peasant versions of those. Yeah, um, I bought. I just bought the peasant be version because I didn't have it because it finally is like eight dollars new or something. I was like, oh, all right, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, the most expensive Just Dance, not that we want to talk about Just Dance forever, but uh, is the 2019 one. It, that game is actually kind of hard to find on the Wii U and expensive, so it goes between like $50 and $80 now. Okay, that's that's not too bad. I When I see games like, I mean, it's also not that old, but um, whenever something stupid like this comes out that should not, basically shouldn't come out on the console because you wouldn't think there's enough demand for it. There's all these people who get hyped and they're like, I'm, I need to go to to Walmart and buy out all of them. But when you do the math, it's like you're, you know that your local target and Walmart will be carrying this game. It's a brand new release and every target in Walmart around the country is getting them. So how rare could it possibly be? Couldn't uh, be. That's how I just feel about all modern games, but you know what? Just go buy these for $500 one day. Prove me wrong. People speculating on just dance games, but yeah, I've never, I've never bought any of these weird late releases. Uh, that like are not garbage. I mean, I think just dance is, is fine, but uh, I'd never buy just a random thing just because, Oh, it, it could be late. I might never be able to get this. Uh, I can't think of one thing that that's happened to um, since what give me in the past 15 years, one game like that, that this happened to. I can't. No, oh, someone listening can. I remember there was a guy uh, on Nintendo age called like, let's sing 2016. I don't know if that was an original guy who changed his name or something, but I don't know if it was a joke or they're like hyping Let's Sing 2016. Does anyone care about Let's Sing 2016, Johnny? That was like a weird Wii release that was supposedly recalled because there was nudity in, in one of the videos. Oh, is that is that the deal? Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, did I, get this I don't know from... if it was actually recalled, but that was what it was about. And there's a version with uh, with the microphone and then a bunch got found without the microphone. But it wasn't like a big box, like sealed. It was like an outer plastic box had the microphone, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, that's what I've got. And like, there's a couple, there's like three sealed ones with the microphone on eBay. And if like, there's that many, like it, it can't be that amazingly rare of a game. Like it's obviously not common. I think it got pushed out, but I think, I think the initial controversy, I don't know if it was like, you know, you know how bad information spreads. I don't know if people like it's recalled because nudity and Nintendo, and then uh, everyone just went crazy whether that was true or not. I don't know the story at all, but just based on what you're saying, it makes it sound to me like it's some nudity that probably would be totally fine in Europe. But in America, we're just not going to deal with this this nipple you can kind of see through a shirt in the background over here. I, I think it was like full nipple. Oh, man. Wow. I know. Wow. Woo. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Tyler, hey, lift up your shirt. Look down. That's uh, what you can see. Oh, my goodness. On that video. You know, the funny thing about man nipples and female nipples is they look vaguely the same if, the, if you're zoomed in. So who cares? I don't um, know why you're bringing that up. Like, that's something that you that's a piece of knowledge you make use of. Uh, I, w- my my point there is and it's in a very roundabout way is that who cares if you see a boob or or a nipple? It's not that big a deal. Yes. It's not that big a deal. Johnny. To bring it back, you still have not convinced me that the Wii U is even worth collecting. I let alone not, that it will be a. I, you have not let me get to some I of the did, exclusives. I know, we're getting sidetracked a little bit. Okay, what if I told you that there was a Game and Wario exclusive, a Star Fox exclusive, some Sonic exclusives, Smash Bros. These are exclusive games. Yep. Are, are you are you in? <laughs> so so all right, let's. 
let's pretend that you listed a, a random smattering of exclusives and not like the top exclusives, and it included like a WarioWare game that. I mean, it's hard to say no one ever talks about because it's on the Wii U and kind of no one talks about things by default. Uh, like a, a generation Smash Brothers game, which they're just going to replace the next generation. And then Sonic games, which are basically beloved by children. And I think a generation maybe a little younger than us, that's nostalgic for 3D Sonic games, even though they're a little bad. I guess they're they're not awful sometimes, but they're not good. <laughs> No. I know uh, Sonic Boom Rise of Lyric is not a beloved game. I don't think that's exclusive either. No, but um, the other one is Sonic. Sonic Lost uh, World? Uh, yeah, Lost World and the Deadly Six. What it's What is it called? The, oh, talking about some the, first print shit? Yep, we are. Um, and I want to make sure I get it right. So uh, it is Sonic. Oh, man, I have to go to my advanced checklist. I'm totally just going to get it wrong now. Now now it's gone too long, Tower. You're going to have to cut it. Sonic Lost World Deadly 6 bonus ed- bonus edition. That's the foil it's got a foil cover. It's the first print. Uh then the next one is just the regular edition and it does not say Deadly 6 and it does not have a foil cover. So I don't know if it actually has like the deadly six bonus content. Uh, one of the things that was interesting about this game is you do get the, uh, nights into dreams, Bosch rush stuff in here. So like Sega was just playing on Sega stuff and people were interested in that. So people do like lost world. It's not like the best Sonic game, but people it's not, it's not rise of lyric, which isn't exclusive, but no one likes that. Okay, John, I can't. I haven't played Lost World. I literally know nothing about it. I'm so out on 3D Sonics. But give me, give me a rebuttal here. I'm gonna rebut you without having played it, which is like the least. That is so not gamer, Johnny. I'm just making shit up out of the out of the top of my head here. So, some Sega Saturn games I could think of: Ah, uh, Dragon Force, Burning Rangers, Astal, Saturn Bomberman, Guardian Heroes. Shining Force 3 and, like, two other Shining games that people collect but no one actually plays. Uh, Panzer Dragoon 1, 2, and Saga. Uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth, another game that people collect but don't actually play. I, that's not really an exclusive. I think that's on Super Famicom. Anyway, forget all of those. In fact, Panzer Dragoon Saga, an RPG I think maybe is a little overrated. Panzer Dragoon Saga is a Saturn game you could point to and say, wow, that's an exclusive. That's exciting. I want a Sega Saturn just so I can play that and just so I can own that. Name one game on the Wii U that could ever be that. I look No, I, I did need not you to play Devil's Advocate. It's a podcast. You can't just agree with Okay, me. okay. <laughs> Devil's Advocate. All right, all right. I'm like, uh, I agree with you. Um, okay, let me look at the list of ex- Nintendo Land. Oh yeah, that's the one. It will be exclusive will forever. Ne- you will never have another game like Devil's Third anywhere else. Uh, will you not? So I've I've only seen a playthrough no, of no. it, and it just looks like a third-person shooter, Johnny. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's garbage. Uh, I I've heard in Japan that they don't have a negative opinion of it like Americans do. Yeah, really. I mean, it's a grasshopper. It's got game, very so, mediocre I mean, Japan reviews. Just like well, likes weird stuff. That's like they sometimes. <laughs> Game mechanics don't matter as long as something is weird enough. They're like, oh, yeah, this, this game's fucking awesome. So, 
Well, it was one of the one of the guys from Team Ninja left. Like one of the head guys from Team Ninja left, made his own studio, and then made this. Oh, game. was it Team Ninja? I thought it was Grasshopper. No, no, the guy from Team oh, Itagaki, Ninja. Oh, is he left. who made it? I'm saying I don't know if it was no, him it is or I just, someone I just else from it up. Team He's Ninja. the guy with the cool okay. sunglasses All right, who uh, uh, made Ninja Gaiden. Yep. Right, which is probably why the Devil's Third has the guy with cool sunglasses on uh, the yeah. cover. Oh, it, oh, it's him. He's he's <laughs> it's him role playing himself. I never even thought of that, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, deep insights. Um, so, yeah, Devil's Third. Um, all right, how about this? Earthbound Beginnings in English. Are you, is this some virtual console thing? Uh, they they translated yes. the, the prototype. Was it a prototype or did they translate just Mother? Uh, I think they just translated Mother with new translation. And everyone uh, was like, yay, kind of. Um, but what I think all the Earthbound and Mother fans really want is Earthbound 3. Anyways, um, yeah, and you can still remember this. The interesting thing about the the Wii U was also uh, created the great downtrend of Earthbound for like a year because they released it digitally on the Wii U, where it still is the only place aside from the Super Nintendo you can uh, you can play Earthbound. I guess that's the thing. What's an Earthbound cart cost now? $300? So, I mean, great work, Wii U, on keeping that down. Everyone is breaking out their Wii U to play Earthbound these days. It was like $1,000 at the time, and like even carts were going for crazy money. And it totally dropped the price, and then it rebounded, because everything does. I don't know what Earthbound goes for now. Let's, let's check Earthbound cart only. Hey, Nintendonomics Nation, we're checking in on Earthbound. Let's get a sound from the soundboard, okay, Johnny. Uh, about $500. What? Loose? Yep. Uh, that's from eBay, not like price charting nonsense? Yeah, that, that's eBay. They Here, let me change it to most recent. Because uh, with a game that sells this often and is not rare, uh, you should check most recent. Uh, the last one sold for 300 Plagued by repros everywhere. Just like, be careful of that. And yeah, between three and five hundred dollars is over the uh, last couple months is what it's been going for. But yeah, if you do your work, you can you can find a cheap one, a cheaper one, a three hundred dollar one, as you said. I'm still trying to think of exclusive Johnny. I'm trying to think of anything interesting. The the most interesting thing. Uh, about, what the Star Fox isn't interesting to you at all. No, it is not. I play. I didn't beat it. I played it, and it was just like this is weird. With the you hold the controller in front of your TV. Yeah, uh, it was weird. I, I mean, know, they I'm, also gave you that other exclusive Star Fox Guard game. I didn't even play that. <laughs> yeah, that's Tower Defense. Who cares? Uh, you can be slippy and play Tower Defense. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> great, Johnny. That you're really selling this to me. Like you told I, me to I play mean, devil's advocate from an untenable position. I know it's great. It's great. Everybody's really enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, let's tell you about the surprising shit that's worth money. And Tyler's like, let me let me sabotage let me this episode and tell you why uh, a, a system like the Saturn, which is just chock full of exclusives and also locked into a system that you can't play uh, because it's. I mean, you can play, but it it's hard to get it on uh, modern TVs. You have to like jump through hoops versus the fucking Wii U. Come on, man. Oh, you know, you know what we didn't mention, Johnny. All right. Well, let's talk about some actual collectible bullshit. 
Uh, so you brought up Game and Wario as like in your top five Wii U exclusives. Uh, that's like $110 now. <laughs> I did not know that. I mean, I know that like kind of everything doubled since COVID, but like, who's oh, paying $110 for Game and Wario? $110 like, talk about a game is that, a good price. When I went over to GameStop, Stop Spot, whichever one, Stop, uh, Back when they, when I was hunting down Wii U games, you'd go over to their sad little shelf of like seven games, and there would be a game in Wario probably next to the the Wii Wonderful One Hundred One or whatever it's called. Yep. And uh, maybe, maybe if you're really lucky, uh, a Wii Sports Club, Johnny. Yeah, it was all first party stuff that GameStop always had. How about Wii Party U? Is that one selling you? That has a big box, right? No, it does have a big see, box. Like, you're, you're telling me these games? That's in the Wii. Is that a, in the Wii series? Is that a Nintendo game? There's a Wii Party, which is also a little weird. Um, but yeah, Wii Party U uh, comes in a big box with a black Wii mote. Yeah. So this is crazy, John. This is a first party Nintendo game. I yep. cannot remotely bring this up to my brain. I cannot like this does nothing for me. Like Wii Music, like who cares about Wii Music? I can think about the gameplay of Wii Music and I at least know what Wii Music is. Wii Party U, I look at, and I've looked at the box before, and I've looked at it while considering what game I should play, and I'm just like, well, I'm just going to play Nintendo Land. Why would I not just play Nintendo Land? Just so you know, there is a non-big box version too. Oh, all right. I, that uh, helps I think I have, uh, I don't remember which one I have, Johnny. I might have the non-big box. My, yeah. my Wii so U there's one, like really I said, sad. the one with the Wii U and with the Wiimote there, you know, here's one of the interesting things. There is a whole series of games um, on the Wii U that come with Wiimotes and they all go for money. They all go for like dumb money. Another game that goes for like that went for dumb money. Uh, like, look at this one. We're keeping it in the Wii U, the stupid like uh, Wiimote world. Go ahead and look at. Nintendo Land, Luigi, and uh, Wiimote, and look for look for that. You'll find that that game regularly sells for over two hundred dollars with the Wiimote, and has been doing so for a long time. I don't know why. Who's buying these? You guys aren't posting them on Instagram. No one's like, dude, I got the Nintendo Land Luigi thing. I know. There's only one on eBay. It's sealed. It's three hundred dollars. And let's see, is it even in good shape? You know what? They've got a box protector around it. Maybe it is in kind of good shape. Like mine's in terrible shape, and like I couldn't find one for a long time when I was getting mine. Did you just watch this this listing? No. Someone just watched it in the last twenty four hours. People people are looking for these Nintendo Lands with Luigi Wiimote. I remember these being a thing. Like I remember people looking for them. Uh, like a little, probably a little after their time when people were like, oh, they did. There weren't a lot of these out there. Um. Yeah, only one on on eBay solds. Uh, are there, is there like a rare Yoshi Woolly World plushie, Johnny? Do you want to tell me about the surprise three. collectability of Yoshi? There's Woolly three. World. So Yoshi's Woolly World uh, did get a sequel on the Switch, but not a port. Um, you can you can find it in big box, and you can get a little uh, a cute little Yoshi amiibo in uh, green, blue, or pink. So kind of a neat exclusive to have. But keeping with the, I wanted to go back to the Wiimote stuff. Another dumb one, uh, Sonic and Mario at Sochi 2004 Olympic Winter Games. That comes with like an exclusive Wiimote. Really dumb. There's some Japanese exclusive sets that come with Wiimotes too. Yeah, just 
like look for the dumb anything that's dumb and comes with the Wiimote is some like is expensive. I mean, it makes sense because I feel like I'm making this up. But when I buy a console, if I don't have controllers for it, I will just buy the controllers for it when I buy the console. And if I'm a kid and I get a, a like something for Christmas, it's like, here, we got this new game and it comes with a controller for your shitty brother. I'm not keeping the box. Uh, and like just that Luigi bundle, the only two on eBay, there's one unsold, one sold. Both were new. So I'm guessing that people just do not keep these boxes. You want to get the real heat? You want the real heat, though? Yes. Check out Just Dance Target exclusive 2015. You want to spend $400 on a Wiimote? I don't. Just I do don't. It. Didn't Nintendo Twizer get all the Wiimotes ever? Did he have this? Was this a hot one? I, I think he had them for the Wii. Like all the different colors. The, are, these, are these not Wiimotes? Holy I, shit. What, <laughs> what is this? This isn't even new. This is complete. <laughs> I'm telling one on eBay. I'm going to call it seven out of 10 conditions. Got some crushed corners. Uh, you know, if you're really generous, maybe you'd call it an eight. Um, $1,600. One, one for if one of the 2015 sold for like $400 not so long ago. But that's why I'm saying there is some dumb ass shit on the Wii U that this is what I mean that's surprising. Look, you've been surprised multiple times already. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. You, you see, you're right. Because when I, I look at a bunch of like just weird vintage stuff that I'm into, and if I see a game. That's going for like hundreds of dollars. I usually pause. And I'm like, ah, is there is there something better I could buy with that money? But someone's out there just yoloing. Like, oh my god, it was listed October twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. It's the day I found the Target exclusive Just Dance twenty fifteen, and I slammed that Buy It Now button for four hundred and forty dollars. Right. So let's talk about, let me take you into, and we've talked about these on the show before, so we don't have to spend too much time on, but like true kind of grail items, you know, big, heavy quotation marks on that is the Nintendo uh, store exclusive, New York store exclusives. You have Mario 8, uh, Mario Kart 8, and Hyrule Warriors, which were only sold there pretty much launch day. And they sold out immediately. They come in big boxes. They're like considered collector's editions, but really it's just the same game packed in a bigger box. I don't even think it says not for resale on the back. I can't remember. Um, but those things go for those things go for some cash now. I mean, so we, we haven't checked in in four years. What's an actual price on uh, one of those now? I think Hyrule Warriors has sold for as high as 3000 and as low as 2000 recently. And Mario Kart? Uh I want to say 1500 but I'm going to I'm going to look. Okay. Are, are these this equal in terms of rarity? I don't know if they're equal in terms of rarity. All right. The Mario just, Kart one came out after, right? I think it was Zelda and then Mario Kart. Is that true? Am I wrong? No, Mario I, Kart I had to come out first, about right? these, Johnny. I'm going to just trust you all the way on this. Uh, I, I don't remember. Don't quote me on that. I think Mario, I'm not sure when Mario Kart 8, Mario Kart 8 has been out forever, so I can't yeah. <laughs> reasonably <laughs> say when it came out anymore. I'm just you can still out go forever. to Target and buy Mario Kart 8 on yeah, the Nintendo And you know Switch. what? It's still good, too. That's The problem with it is it's still the best Mario Kart. Fight. Uh, so I, I'll take your opinion on that, and that 
part of the reason I think it's crazy that the Mario Kart one sells for less than Hyrule Warriors because it's not even a Zelda game. It's a Zelda spinoff game. And Mario Kart is the most popular Nintendo franchise. Yes. But collectors are just like, well, but it's a racing game. It's the most popular Nintendo franchise. And obviously don't collect what other people think is cool. But you would think there would be some more collectability to the most popular Nintendo franchise. I agree. So uh, let me tell you a little bit about Hyrule Warriors and why this version is even worse than, than we're talking about. Okay, so the Japanese uh, collector's edition comes with like a little treasure chest, like a Triforce, and a scarf, and like an art book. The, the Wii U version in America just comes with a scarf. <laughs> uh, there's currently one listed for, a graded one listed for 10000 We got a 7000 or best offer, 3700 or best offer. And there's one listed right now for $2,000, and it has a bid on it. So minimum, it, this is going to sell for $2,000. And if we go over to Solds. And there's that uh, yeah, many? There was one that sold uh, January 16th, so very currently, for $3,000, had 49 bids. So people were fighting on this. I don't get it. So, so that one was sealed. The you're talking about the January 16 one that was sealed. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like. I mean, a most of these are going to be sealed, right? Way. Who open? Who opened these? I guess. Yeah. So I don't get I, it, Johnny. But I don't. So, I mean, um, like, I'll see it in someone's background on Instagram, and I guess I like appreciate. I'm like, whoa, those are those are a thing. But it's just. It would never even like. Oh my god! This one that's sealed is like it's got like a dent on the front. Three thousand dollars, really? These boxes are not like. Oh super yeah. Super tough. Oh yeah. These these boxes are garbage. I know. Yeah. Oh my god! It's got a huge dent on the side. Jesus! It's all for three thousand dollars, Johnny. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. That's like so now, what does the entire Wii U set cost? I know I I stated on like a previous show that you can get like the entire Wii U set for two thousand dollars, and I wouldn't count this as part of the Wii U set. But after seeing like this and then like Game and Wario for one hundred and ten dollars, I think I was way off now. Well, and you haven't checked in on Devil's Third, which is like a three hundred dollar game. Oh yes, we uh, we didn't the talk Devil's about that yet. Um, there's a couple like sealed copies. For like four, five hundred dollars in sold listings, and then the complete in box ones for like three hundred dollars ish. Yep. Uh, because they only they only made four hundred copies of that game, and they sold out instantly in GameStop, Johnny. Yes, that's. What true. if that was an intentional rumor started by someone? Like, uh, no, that must have been just someone misinterpreting some kind of inventory system. Like some idiot employee took a screenshot of something, and they're like, "This is the U.S. allocation for this game." They only made 400 copies. They know it's garbage. And that so became I, the story of the game somehow. Here, I, w- I want to just do this. So this is my favorite response. So people, uh, the number I always hear on this game is like 500. They only made 500 of these. And they were only at GameStops. But I know they were sold at GameStops and EB Games and also at um, Best Buy. And then we think there was a re-release at GameStop. So... Let me tell you that people say, oh, yeah, like they only went to GameStops and each store only got one or two. How many GameStop stores are there? I don't know. GameStop's still in business? Yeah. Right now, uh, this is, <laughs> I, have no I, I looked, I'm looking up and this is 2021 as opposed to like 2014. 
GameStop stores in 2021? 4,816. I'm going to hazard a guess and say there's less GameStops now than there was in 2015. Yeah? Yes. Okay. So if only if every store only got one or two copies, how could this number possibly be 400 or 500? I don't there's at least 25 copies in eBay solds. I'm trying to filter out how many are Japanese and most of them are brand new. <laughs> because I think so this story about its rarity got out like right when it came out, so I think a lot of people intentionally didn't open this. Like even more than I think than uh, like a normal Absol- weird collector bait copy. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my god, why? Why did that just happen? Sorry. This game's actually spiked like relatively recently. If you go back yes. to some of these older listings, like even like October, November, like it was going for like 300 and now it started to hit like the 500. And now it's up to like four or 500. What is. Yeah. And this is beyond just the COVID spike. This is a mid, yeah. like this is after the COVID spike and the spiking again in 2022 for fucking reasons unbeknownst to me. I just don't know. This is what I mean. I see things like this. And I don't know what is generating heat for this stupid game. I mean, considering they're sealed copies, I, I have to imagine that it's someone who is just hunting like what they think is the rarest stuff. Like if they type in rarest Wii U games, you'll probably find lists with this at the top of it. And they're just like, all right, I'm getting in early. It doesn't matter what I pay. As long as I buy this and grade this, that'll be a great investment having the rarest Wii U game. But man, <laughs> it's devil's third. I cannot imagine having $500 and not having a better video game to buy than a sealed devil's third on the Wii U, Johnny that's sold today, by the way. Yeah. Here's a collector's tip. Go buy like uh, a pal Wii U for like 200 bucks and uh devil's third for $15 and enjoy yourself. This is why I think it's really important. I mean, I don't think anyone is fucking spending $500 in a sealed uh, devil's third that's listening to this podcast, but this is why I think it's really important to have a good list of everything you want. Cause then when something comes up and you're like, Oh man, it's a devil's third at my local store. And it's only $230. Like maybe you could flip that. Sure. But you look at your list and you're like, Oh, for $230, I could buy an Evo card. I don't know. What, what do people buy Johnny? What's a cool game? I don't know. Uh, Earthbound. You could go buy. A I, I would, go, I would Earth- say Earthbound. If you didn't just tell me it was like a $400 cartridge. Now. <laughs> You could, but for that money, you could go buy, uh, you know, an Earthbound. You could buy a complete in box Mario Three and take your girlfriend out to dinner. True. Always the best option. In fact, you should just do that every week. Just be like, ah, fuck video games. I'm just gonna buy a Mario Three. End of the year, I'm gonna have 52 copies of Mario Three. And if I post that on multiple video games Monday for the Nintendonomics Nation, uh, you're gonna get like a thousand likes on Instagram for doing that. So. Oh, I think we have to workshop that name. Is is Nintendonomics too? Should it be Nintendonomics? I I had I to know. come up with it. No, I like uh, <laughs> on the fly. I had to come up with a fake video game investing show name, Johnny. Okay, well you did it. Uh, um, okay, so I just want I just want you guys to know that there's not a good price for Mario Kart Eight. Um, uh, they're, they're saying they've sold for like between 15 and $2,000. I don't know why Mario Kart is worse. It's like a serious buster special edition. It just comes with a blue shell. It comes with like a 50 cent blue shell in this big box. It's so dumb as someone who owns it. I'm telling you, it's so dumb. 
Uh, blue shell looks fine, but you could just go buy uh, a blue shell on Etsy for like ten dollars, and if you really want a blue shell, um, if you try to go on like something like Game Value Now, the uh, worst place to look at prices in the world, they they've got prices from like two thousand seventeen. So please don't look there. I I don't understand Game Value Now. I think they have prices set now set from before they were created. I dude, I I have no idea. I, I just I gave up on the sites like I went to some Wii U games for game value now before the show and like a lot it's, of the games just cut off in like the middle of 2021 and it's just like just fuck this website and now I can say fuck go collect because technically they own game value now I don't know if they have anything to do with the development or if they put any money into the development but god it well, it's, I, it's a problem you know, you know what it, uh ebay fix it make your stupid collections for video games and start tracking prices and i don't care how bad it is it'll be better than it is now it'll be better than everything we're dealing with now because right now this is the dumbest yeah so uh yeah new prices as high as 16 completed prices as low as 1200 also uh, i think one sold for uh two thousand nine hundred dollars they're saying anyways these prices are all over the place. Uh, I think the interesting thing to look at here is like, these are the grailiest grails. These are going to be the ones that people are like, you know, these aren't, they don't count for your collection. They'll be that, you know, you can go get the regular versions. It's not going to be the same conversation as like on Super Nintendo, but they, you know, there's two of them and there's two Super Nintendo competition carts. And you could go get these, or you could go buy the Super Nintendo competition cards. Which is more interesting? Uh, well, one of them is complete in box, Johnny. So I'm going to go, oh. you got to go with the Wii U one. So I guess you could get uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey uh, Kong competition in the box, but that'll probably cost a lot more than these Wii U things. Will it? Johnny, I'm going to go for the thing that is older and rarer, because that is probably the cooler thing to me. And that is why... I can't fathom some of these prices. I mean, I, I generally think that the older things and the rarer things are cooler, Johnny. Um, regardless right. of the historical importance of uh, Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, so it, it's very upsetting. I, I don't understand where a lot of these prices... Like, I I guess these are rare, but are they more rare than the competition carts? It, it, it's not a f- exactly fair comparison, but if you're thinking like, oh, should I go spend like you know, $3,000 on a Star Fox competition cart or Hyrule Warriors. I don't know. So I think most people would be like, don't spend $3,000 on a video game. But uh, the one argument I could see is if you are the collector who has everything, it would have made sense to buy these big box games at any price, like at least like three or four years ago, probably not, not because of prices, because the boxes are so shitty, they are just not going to stand up to time. Like, if you want a, a Zelda Breath of the Wild Master Edition, I don't even know what those cost now, but the box is so shitty that the longer you wait, the harder it will be to find one in the condition you want at any price. And I don't think those are, like, incredibly rare or anything, but if you want that 9 out of 10 copy, there are people out there saving them, but the longer you wait, the more people are going to accidentally kick them as they're walking through their garage or wherever they're keeping those. Yeah, because they're definitely in the garage, because where would you store that? It's uh, gigantic. Yeah, I've got it stored uh, in front of a shelf on the floor, Johnny. It's, yeah. I got nowhere to put it. Okay, so let, let's talk about some other surprising games. Uh, we Did we talk about Skylanders yet? 
No, I want you to talk about uh, the second most expensive, maybe third most expensive Wii U game, Johnny. You've probably told me about this. I've never heard of it. So I forgot it if I knew it existed at one point. Uh, the third most expensive, like, in real life or the or the one that's selling? Is it the- not Skylanders? Are you telling me the Skylanders is not the third most expensive Wii U game? Oh, no, it's the second most. Oh, it costs more te- than Mario Kart? Yeah. Well, tell the people what the hell we're talking about. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if you were a baller Wii U collector, right, you're a big baller and you're like, I got them dollars and I'm buying Wii U games. I'm going to flex on y'all. Do you have Skylanders Trap Team, the Color Alive Pack, which I think was a Toys R Us exclusive? Wow. And do you have that sealed? Yeah. Do you have it sealed? You best, because that thing last sold for $2,400, an actual sold copy. It was listed at $3,000. They negotiated it down to $2,400. I cannot fathom that somebody walked into Target or into Toys R Us, you know, in 2013 before they closed and was just like, let me pick up this trap team or 2014, whatever it was like, let me pick up trap team as uh, toys R us is going out of business uh, for $15. Oh, why does it, why does it have this Crayola sleeve on it? Who gives a shit? I'll just take this one $15 and then turned it into 3000. So it, yeah, it's just a black and white cover on like the big box. And I guess it, it is it it's just a sleeve that goes right it's over t- the regular starter. It's just box. a sleeve. It's just a sleeve. Oh my god! So it's more than the Super Monkey Ball stupid player's choice bullshit on GameCube? Yep. Oh my god! So I have one of these. If you want to trade your Super Monkey Ball pack, <laughs> I got you. Just, like, alright, there is there there is a thing. Like, one, Toys R Us exclusive. Two, it's a Skylanders game, so it was given to children who are yep. gonna not keep it in great condition. Three, it encourages you to draw on it. Um, yes. So I cannot imagine how few of them were to begin with and how many of them probably got thrown out. But still, there comes a point <laughs> where the best thing to buy at some point just isn't Wii U games anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh... I want to just tell you the last sale I I heard about this before this like twenty four hundred dollar one was a a four hundred dollar one from like twenty twenty though this doesn't pop up very often uh like I'm ninety nine percent sure I have this and that situation I described where I'm like I need a Skylanders trap team and I'm just walking into Toys R Us that was a real life event for me. I was like, yeah, I guess I'll get this. I'm like, I can't remember if I got it or I was like, this is stupid and didn't buy it. Um, oh, tell the for the for any of the younger listeners listening, uh, tell them what Toys R Us is, Johnny. Oh yeah, Toys R Us is is a store that you can shop at exclusively in Canada that oh, sells toys that and thing? video games. Okay, great. Um, oh, what it used to be though was a bit a toy store where you could shop for toys and video games in America, and they had a catchy theme song, and for some reason, their mascot was a giraffe. You know, from bikes to trains and video games, it's the biggest toy store there is. Just saying. Johnny, is uh this like can we if you're if you're out there, if you're listening to the show, I'm not I'm not making fun of your purchase. I think you're the biggest baller in the world if you think a Skylander's sleeve is worth that much. Uh, can you come on the show and tell us 
Why? What are you the world's biggest Wii U fan? Like it could be that. Maybe. Or are you the world's biggest Skylander fan? Is it like the super super niche? Is there like someone out there collecting Skylanders? Like I seriously? Like maybe maybe that's it. Skylanders has a bunch of weird niche stuff, right? And so imagine that the Wii U stuff was produced way less than all the other stuff, and they have like all these weird packs that like only come with certain figures at certain times. Like, maybe this is just one of those packs. I don't know. It's... I mean, like... I it's, If Skylanders was still going today, I could see it. I could be like, yeah, people want the early figures. Like, doesn't matter how common they are. Look at Pokemon cards. Pokemon cards sell for hundreds of dollars sometimes, and there's clearly, like, a million of base set out there. Uh, but this was such a... What, what was Skylanders around for, like, four years? It happened, it died out, and then everybody stopped caring. It, it was just one of those short fads. It was among us on the Wii U. Like, no one... I, I can't imagine many people around who still care. I, I, all I can think of is a garage sale where there's going to be tons of Skylanders and they want, like, 50 cents each for them or something. Tyler, I've, I've blown your mind with that Skylanders one, but do you want to hear some more stuff? keep blowing my mind johnny okay you know i I was skeptical about a skeptical about the episode until that skylanders for 2400 and i'm like maybe there's something to this surprising collectability of the wii u (laughs) you're like all right i I see your point here (laughs) all right johnny your episode isn't total dog shit i'm i'm buying in um okay so this is we've we've talked about these i think before um it's not like a secret but not that many people seem to like register or know about this. Sorry if you guys are collecting hard at this, but there's two Lego games that are very expensive on the Wii U and at any time could go for any amount of money because they just don't show up. So okay. if you look at, can I guess? Yeah, uh, I believe one of them is Lego city undercover. Nope. All right. never mind. I'm, I'm not even going to guess. I already fucked up. What, what are you, what's, your, what's your second guess? You can have one more guess. Um, well, I don't think it could be Lego Dimensions because uh, even I bought that. I didn't buy that to collect that. I bought that to play it. Uh, Lego you Jurassic know. World. It is Jurassic World is the number one. Ooh. Like that. That might be the hardest to find game I've seen on the Wii U. Honestly, uh, people talk about oh, well, you think Devil's that's the hardest game to so find? Oh. Is that just any version or like a special version? No, it's this is a special version. Yeah. It's a big box. Uh, it comes with a Doctor Wu figure, and it, it you know, it's only in this one big box. There was it was made for other systems. It was made for the PS3 and I believe the Xbox 360 also. But those are hard to find as well. And if you look for just Lego Jurassic World, uh, like with. Just put it at the high prices. You won't even see any of these sold. It does exist. Uh, we can like, prove it exists, but you will not find it. And this was a Target exclusive. So unless you went into Target the first day, which I don't understand why it's so effing rare, because even if there was only one at every Target store, there's a Target in every city. How come this isn't available? Uh... Because no one would think to save it. Because when people think of like, what's going to be the thing, Johnny? It's You're not going to think of a licensed movie Lego game. You would never, like in a million years. And people go after Target exclusives. They're, people like you, they'll show up and be like, oh, here's some Wii U double pack I've never seen that's a Target exclusive. Well, I guess I better pick this up just in case. 
And like, I get that. I mean, usually those do turn out to be interesting collectible things, but I would, I would never in a million years think of a, a Lego Jurassic World. Even if I knew it was going to be rare in the future, I would just be like, yeah, but no one's going to pay anything for it because it's Lego Jurassic World. Meanwhile, I mean, if there was some some kind of niche horror game that came out or something like that, you know, people take another look and they're like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll save one of those. The other thing is you're competing against Lego collectors who are also used to spending money. If you go ahead and you look, um, if you look online, you can find images, but just make sure you put in Lego Jurassic World, Wii U and Target, and then you'll, you'll see it. It's not like one, the box didn't need to be extra. It's extra wide for some reason, which is also a pain in the ass. It could have literally been the, just like a box big enough to fit the game case because the, the little poly bag that Dr. Wu comes in is like a two by two inch square. It's smaller than a DVD case. By a large margin, like no, like when you see regular Lego poly bags, a lot of times they're like kind of over large. This is like a mini poly bag. I don't even understand what's going on. It's small enough. If you buy like any of the Lego uh, collectible like minifigure lines, it's smaller than those blind bags. So I don't know why the box is extra large. It's stupid. Uh, what, was there actually another interesting Lego game that I have also forgot about? Marvel yep. superheroes, Johnny. It is. Oh, right. <laughs> With Iron Patriot. And that was a Walmart exclusive. Whoa. That one is more accessible. Right now, someone's got one uh, listed for 2500 or best offer. Yeah, that sure sounds accessible to me. Are Lego uh, more, collectors I, actually collecting this shit? I mean, when you get out of the core Lego sets, there must be so much just garbage that does not matter. Like, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Like, maybe... Lego Marvel superheroes on the Nintendo Wii U, not something that I would pay $2,500 for as a Lego nope. collector who could, I don't know, maybe take the $2,500. I'm just off the top of my head. Uh, if I was a Lego collector, what might I want? I don't know. A Lego monorail set from like the 1980s. That's the fucking coolest thing in the world. I mean, or any of these giant new sets that are super cool. Anything. Yeah. There's ways to just spend money on Lego, the- and it doesn't just... You could get something rare on Lego for that much, and it does not have to be this dumb bullshit. I mean, here, like, think about this. You could go buy the Lego UCS uh, Millennium Falcon and the AT-AT that just came out and have, like, $800 left over. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, no one's bought this yet, but... Uh- but I, I know I, I know privately of them selling for over a thousand dollars. The crate so even crazier, I will say, Johnny, is there are some niche ass niche NES variants that I, I you know I'm making this up, I will say equally rare of comparable rarity and obscurity. And most of the people I know collecting for that are like hounding eBay, just waiting for someone to fuck up. Yeah, but for some reason these these big box Wii U games, people are like, "Oh, I've got the thing; it's a thousand dollars." Whereas people are looking for like I don't the N seven Tecmo NBA basketball. That's Joseph Leo's like pet game that the pet variant that he loves because it's so rare. Like th- most people who have that have no idea what they have, and they would list it for like thirty five dollars complete in box. So what is this market of people paying thousands of dollars for just obscure bullshit on modern systems, especially the Wii U? I don't, I, I, I think it's just modern collectors. They don't like, they're coming in from other areas. I don't know. There, there's so much weird stuff going on. 
you know, there's a lot of weird variants. So here, I'm going to sell you on kind of what are some of the interesting things on the Wii U. I mean, we just talked about a lot of it, but let me just like go over like some of the weirdness of, of the Wii U and like why it's an interesting thing to collect because they have a bunch of these big box bundles. Like they have special editions. They have refurbs. They've got Wiimote packs. So they've got like accessory packs. They've, They've got just like a pretty wide variety of games. It's not a system that is overly large. So the library is like 163 to like 165 games, depending on how you count it. Uh, like, do you count Star Fox as one or two games? It comes in a bundle, but there's two games in there and they are in separate cases. So like it, it could mess up how you count. The other one is uh, New Super Mario uh, with Luigi or without Luigi. Like, do you count those as individual games or not? So, you know, they've got Amiibos. They're like, there was a, those big Amiibo bundles, like that Captain Toad. They had the Mario 10. There was like three different versions of Mar- of those. They had some weird case color variations. Like when you start to get in the reprint of some of the games, they started to put them in these red cases for some reason. That stuff, that annoys me. It annoys me because it's not immediately clear what the best version is. Because if you looked at a copy of Mario Kart 8, you might think they put a red case on it to be like, hey, look, it's Mario Kart fucking 8. This is like a game. You want this to stand out on your shelf because this is a first party Nintendo game, Mario Kart 8. That is 100% what I would have thought. Nintendo's done that before with games. Literally, new Super Mario Brothers Wii comes in a red case because, hey, I'm so badass. I come in a red case. And then did they ever reprint that in a white case or am I just thinking of PAL versions? But still, why... Make it clear. Be like, this is the shitty version, so I don't have to think about it, Johnny. Well, and they did that with uh, the, you know, New Super Mario's with Luigi. They put it in a green case because to let you know it was like a special version. Well, that was the the standalone New Super Luigi you came in a green case, and then the double pack still came in a blue case. But I think it also came in a red case. Or a red case. It also came in a red case. (laughs) I need to get more of those, man. Like, New Super Mario Brothers, you, like, Guys, like on par with Super Mario World. That game is amazing. Yeah. So the other thing it's got going for it is like console variants. There's some like cool, weird consoles. Uh there's all there's all these print run variants, right? So you have games that are like first print and then clearly not the first print. So you've got this uh for all these people who love the minutia of like, oh, this is the first print and this isn't. The Wii U offers a lot of that. Like, oh, this one has like uh, a store exclusive. And this one doesn't. This one comes with like bonus cash. There's so much of that kind of stuff that people like me are like, oh, there. this is like an interesting thing you tried to do with it. Like, you know, there's just, there's a lot of that going on on the Wii U. You have publisher changes like uh, THQ was the original print for a bunch of games and then it became Nordic. So uh, you have... Bayonetta. Here's the best exclusives I probably should have. Yeah, I know. I, I noticed we missed it too. <laughs> ah, I missed Bayonetta. Bayonetta 2, which is weird. You're like, well, Bayonetta 2 isn't really an exclusive. Like, no, but this particular version is. It comes with Bayonetta 1. Wait, on no. Disc. Bayonetta, did Bayonetta 2? Oh, well, it got re released on Switch, I'm sure. Everything. Yeah. Did. But Bayonetta 2 is yes. a fucking Wii U exclusive. That's a Wii U game. Yeah, Bayonetta 2. But the uh, Bayonetta 2 came out on the Switch. But the only way to get Bayonetta 1 on with physical on Nintendo is this version on the Wii U. 
Yeah, but I mean, Bayonetta 2, I'm saying, came out on Switch years later. And I mean, like, in yeah. these days, if, if if a game comes out years later, you might as well consider the thing it came out for exclusive. Like, I think of Wii U when I think of Bayonetta 2. So if yeah. you were collecting, like, the 10 best Wii U games, I think Bayonetta 2 clearly has to be on there. Probably. I mean, the other thing is they reprinted Bayonetta 2, right? Like we're talking about this, like, first print versus non-first print. The reprint does not include Bayonetta 1 disc yes so you just get asked out one oh one of my favorite like weird variants also is there's this uh ducktales remastered so you get like that throwback to ducktales on the nintendo you're like oh man ducktales remastered but this one has a pin inside and that's like the first print and usually you find them without it so talk that's about like, like the random shiny bullshit for collectors johnny that's what i'm saying like the wii u is a gold mine for that like said console box exclusives there's some like expensive ones some rare ones and they're like kind of flashy boxes not like you know uh not like what they've done with like the switch or uh the wii where they weren't very interesting or nintendo like all nintendo special editions like before that were like really plain jane um but wii u they like really stepped up their graphic design and like went for it on the on the boxes uh the last uh, you know, I, I don't mean to put Wii U in a battle it cannot possibly win, but all the pros in terms of collectible interest you're giving for Wii U and its kind of mediocre library, I bet are tenfold for the Nintendo Switch. Probably. Um, I, well, uh, maybe. So uh, the Nintendo Switch is, uh, we'll have to talk about the Nintendo Switch on it, uh, on its own thing, because that system is a landmine. I, like, I don't know what's going on on the Nintendo Switch. It's like... It's out of control. The Switch is out of control. It's out of control, but I also think it's probably the best documented system that collectors have ever tried to keep up with as it comes out. Like, I before hope so. there I would mean, be, that, like, the small, like, hardcore group, I feel like there are multiple independent groups trying to keep track of every single collectible Switch thing that comes out. Because they basically have to, because you're, you're really going to try in 10 years to go back and piece together, like, all these little stupid limited print things that are going on. Like, no, you, you basically have to track it now or, or yeah. risk it being harder to figure out this stuff in the future. Yeah. So with the Wii U, I went really hard at trying to track all the, the like, dumb variants. And I know I didn't get all of them, but I, I, I did an admirable job on, like, all the dumbass variants. It takes you from, like... 160 if you're just looking at basics up to you know over 240 so um i i I can pass out my list if you if you guys want to see but you know there there's a lot of dumb variants out there uh not to mention there's like so uh, gotta love thq Uh, assassin's creed black flag there's three versions of that don't like you really need that GameStop version or the Walmart version or just the regular version. And then uh, Splinter Cell, there's a Canadian special edition, which is a weird thing to say. Um, and then there's like the regular version and then the GameStop version. The Nintendo Wii U is so weird. And that's not even talking about like, it's got like just some big boxes that people really do enjoy. It's got a bunch of Zelda games on it that people like. It's got... Uh, you know, uh, Twilight Princess with uh, the the Midna Amiibo. It's like a nice box. People enjoy that. There's uh, Wind Waker, th- the best version of Wind Waker. Uh, the only one I could actually make myself play through because it has the better sale. Um, you can get here remastered and you get, a, if you buy the collector's edition box, you get 
uh, a Ganondorf figure that wasn't an amiibo for some reason. Maybe that was pre amiibos, but yeah, there, there's like a lot of weird collector stuff you can you can start doing on this system. I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying like there's definitely a bunch of like niche collector itching that uh, you could scratch with uh, this system. And there's Given the prices, some reason I don't see why you would. A lot of this I'm not. I'm not advocating. I'm I just know. saying. Like so I, I uh, what what's like a, a Wind Waker remake go for? Uh, collector's edition or regular? Uh, the one, whatever it comes with an amiibo or something. What does it come with? Um, hold on. I want to say it's kind of expensive. Yeah, I would think so, which is crazy. <laughs> so there's new copies for like four hundred bucks. Yep. And uh, well, yeah, all right. Let's cost. let's see what I'm. I'm not looking at solds. I'm I'm doing the bad people thing of saying what unsold buy it nows are are selling for. Okay, uh, sold for three seventy nine. A new one, uh, two sixty eight, two twenty nine, two sixteen, two hundred or best offer. Um, right, yeah, these aren't so, the worst. That's it. Looks like two hundred dollars new. Maybe a little. I, am I sorting by highest price? I'm an idiot. I have I have sorted by highest price because I was looking for something else. Yeah, you have to go recent on this kind of stuff. All right. Uh, I don't like to me. I just look at it. And I'm like, yep, it's the fucking remake. Like who, who wants to collect the remake? But people like these Zelda well, remakes. This I case, guess. So this is, it's, it's an interesting conversation, right? So, uh, and I, I've seen this divide starting to happen. Like, do you want to cl- collect the original or do you want to have like for players or do you want to have the best possible version of the game? Well, am I putting it on my shelf or am I putting it into a console, Johnny? Because yeah, if I'm I putting mean, it on my shelf, I want the original fucking version. I agree with you, but there are some people who collect both because if demand is going to be such that people like who are playing want the most playable version, then that m- might see more demand. So, um playing the original will never go out of style. I mean, maybe it will. Final Fantasy 1 is, like, atrocious to play the original. Like, Dragon Warrior 1 on the Famicom is an atrocious, horrible, like, just what a tedious game that becomes. Um, and I, I that, like it. That's the the only reason to play that is for the historical context. If you played the most up-to-date, great, modernized version of Dragon Warrior, it would just be a shitty modern game rather than, oh, I could see how... Every JRPG ever was built off this platform. Well, I, I we're talking the difference just between Dragon Warrior on the, let's say, Famicom to what it was on the Nintendo is a big shift. Oh, really? Was that a big jump? I have no idea. There, there, was, the same game. there was some shift just in like the UI, right? And then the shift from there to Game Boy Color was an additional shift. And then in Japan, they had the Dragon Warrior 1 and 2 uh, 16-bit upgrade. So there was a a big upgrade to the UI and also a graphics overhaul there. So it, we're not talking about come playing it on the, uh, something as like the switch, which you can buy a dragon warrior one, two and three pack or download them, uh, you know, from the online store, or get it from, you know, one of these uh, Japanese resellers play Asia or whatever, where you can get an actual, uh, physical version of it. We're talking like, Within Nintendo, Famicom to Nintendo, and Famicom to, or Nintendo to Super Nintendo, and then Super Nintendo to to Game Boy Color, there were jumps and 
regressions in, in some cases. Sure. And I mean, uh, me personally, I have obviously in like the past three years switched over to, to getting a lot more of this original print stuff and, and Japanese stuff just because it's the first stuff. And part of it is just because, hey, Johnny, I got a lot of games. I got a list of games to, that I want to play. And like, I've got all the games I want to play because if I want to play a Nintendo game or a Super Nintendo game, I'm either going to have it a cart on the shelf or fire up an emulator. It's just no problem. So if I'm just buying stuff, uh, to put on my shelf, like who cares how playable it is? Like if it's Japanese, if it's a shitty Apple II version of a game that I'm never going to want to play, because I'm just buying it to put on my shelf, and that has been a, a big driver in being like, oh yeah, let me just let's go get like the computer versions of all this shit. I'm never going to play any of this stuff. Yeah, look, uh, co- collecting is different than playing. We we agree there. Yeah, um, and in how you collect versus how you play, there are some people who will try to do both. Um, you know, I, I think it's safe to draw a line in the sand myself i mean you don't uh, have to draw a line i mean i obviously don't. play a lot of my collection and, and there's a lot of fun that comes in that but i'm absolutely willing to collect stuff i will never play yeah well that's what i'm saying like i drew that line in the sand a long time ago and said i am more of a collector than a player even though i play uh, a good amount of video games uh when i can and have played a lot of video games over my life it's still like the line in the sand right now is uh, okay i'm a collector so when i buy a game i'm okay if it's unplayable uh, like a Japanese Virtual Boy game or something, uh, I'm okay spending some money on that. Like, right. How am I ever even going to play that? Uh, Johnny, I think you you talked about all this stuff that you're into. You love like retailer exclusives and weird big box oh, stuff I, that no one has. I do. I said like people like me, like it, like I'm the guy who documented all this stuff for the Wii U. Like I'm the guy who went hard and have like a huge Wii U set because I'm a dummy. Like, why do I know about this Color Alive slipcase version? It's not because I went and watched some video. It's because I, I went into stupid uh, Toys R Us and saw it myself when I was buying all this stuff. Yeah, that thing's pretty dumb. <laughs> um, like, why do I know about these Lego exclusives? Because I was hunting for them on day one. Like, I've been the guy preaching about these stupid Lego ones since they came out. Guys, you gotta look for these Lego. Like, they sell out really fast. Go look for them. Yeah, I, like, I mean, I've heard you. You were definitely the only person. You must have brought this up four years ago on the show, because I'm pretty sure you're the only person I've ever heard talk about them. Unless there's, like, one of these crazy completionists, like VG Collectaholic, who's like, check out the cool thing I got. No one else has it. Johnny knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is... This is the kind of stuff I'm into. Like, the Wii U was such a small set. I was like, all right, whatever. Like, let's do the, let's power through the Wii U. The Switch, on the other hand, is just like, it's so big and it's basically omnipresent. It's everywhere. It's like, how could you ever collect for the Switch? Um, You could, but like, the idea of set collecting the Switch, whereas the idea of set collecting the Wii U as an interesting, fun experiment, I think you can do. I think you can look at the whole weird oddities of of the wii u and go there are some expensive ones i could skip like you skip the three that are like two thousand dollars plus and you just like dig into the rest of it you could make a really awesome weird overly complete wii u set and even if you like so i think most people who collect wii u just skip all that i certainly do um we you still currently super affordable if you were trying to collect something that people aren't looking at there are the weird game and warios of the world but super mario 3d world is like 15 dollars. it's a fucking nintendo mario platformer and it's 15 dollars. 
that will not stay that way forever. Even if it never becomes like this weird Super Mario Sunshine, which has its days where it sells for $100. That game is never going to zero. One, it's on the Wii U. So tops, there's like 6 million and there's probably not even that many. Uh, so it's it's rarer than probably any other mainline Mario game, even if it's not rare at all. Um, but Nintendo games, just they don't drop that much. This is... Uh, on a console right. where other things have gone crazy, I'm, I'm surprised Mario 3D World is not, I don't know, something. Yeah. Like, even and like, uh, what's another one? Uh, Mario Maker. What's Mario Maker go for? Not that much, and it comes in like a big box. It, yeah, it comes in a cool big box. Like, I'm pretty sure those, those are still out there, like new. That you can get a console version with an 8-bit Mario in it. Super cool console box. Yeah. I think Mario Maker is maybe a little less interesting because they shut it off for no reason. It's kind of a dick move. Um I mean, Mario Maker 2 is awesome, so what are you going to do? But, like, there's a lot of games when when I just was, like, searching random games while we were talking where it's just like, oh, I could still just go buy this for $10 brand new. Like, the, the mighty number nines of the world and all that kind of junk. There's just a lot of... Cat, it's a DVD game, Johnny, so they yeah. made a lot of them, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and the other, like, interesting thing that happened with the Wii U is it had a bunch of games that, like, oh, these are the rare games, like, oh, shit... Like, go buy them. These are the weird ones. You better go have your Hello Kitty Cruisers, because that's like a $100 game dropped. It's like nothing now. I mean, it's not nothing, but like when it was like over $150 or the Crudes or Funky Barn and all these stupid games that used to be expensive. Did you say Turbo Stun Squad, Johnny? I did not say Turbo. <laughs> oh! but Turbo was an expensive one, huh, guys? Uh... Like... Yeah, now all these games aren't that expensive, and you can go get them. Like, I think one of the weird ones that's still expensive, uh, just because I think it was an end-of-life game, is um, Book of Unwritten Tales 2. Yeah. I think that one's... I think that's one of the most expensive Wii U games. So if you tell me a Wii U game, and like I like I don't know what Book of Unwritten Tales 2, if I had to guess, it's a, uh, let's say, 2.5D kind of bad graphics-ish platformer that's pretty easy. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Uh, I have like, no idea right, what that game is, but I know what it is because when I was collecting Wii U, I went around to like all the game stops in like my state and bought everything because their prices were like really low and they had no stock. So I had to drive around everywhere. And then I remember I had to like go and find online. It's like, oh, no one has Turbo Stun Squad. No one has Crudes. No one has Book of Under Intels too. So that's all the stuff I had to go buy individually. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Like, we talked about uh, Wii Party U, which is like kind of weirdly expensive. Like, there's some Zelda games on there, a little expensive. You got a ton of Lego games. You can even get a Mass Effect for this system. It's Mass Effect Three, sorry, but at least it's uh, not Man, terrible. Johnny, those multi-platform like there are, there are cool multi-platform games, uh, but they're the Wii U version. So kind of who cares? Like even like I think Lego Dimensions is all right. Yeah. Do I want the Wii U version? It's no. the version I have. <laughs> Uh, it's the version I have and then upgraded to the PS uh, 3 or 4 version. I can't read because it was so stupid. Does that version use a different... Uh, can I use my Wii U portal on the PS4? I don't know. So if I, bought, if I bought Lego Dimensions on PS4, I threw out the box. I'm like, fuck, I'm never collecting another Lego I think, Dimensions I think you can because it's a USB, right? It's a USB. Yeah. But I think like the Xbox one is its own thing because it has like the Xbox button maybe. I don't know. I, I know they're not all 100% compatible with each other. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, one day we'll talk about the surprising collectability of uh, Lego Dimensions. Uh, 
Is it? So, like, you say, like, Lego Lego collectors go after this stupid video game stuff. Are there people collecting Lego Dimensions? I, I feel like... I don't know. I've Here's looked up new you. old stock, like, stuff. Like, if I ever get back into Lego Dimensions one day, am I going to want to pick up, like, this Ghostbusters set? And I still see them for, this. like, 25 bucks sitting around. One, Lego always goes up in value eventually. Um, it never goes down. And, like, people didn't like the game. Like, they had some problems with the game. I liked the game just fine. But Lego Dimensions, like just from a collectible standpoint, has a shit ton of awesome minifigures and mini builds. Like, oh, yeah. See, just the awesome. Is I don't care about that. And like you specifically collect minifigs and I just have a shelf of them. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with these because if I if I throw them into a bin, I'm going to have a bin of minifigures for the next 20 years. And then one day I'm just going to get rid of them. Uh, and also all the bases are going to break off in the minifigures. And that would be annoying. Yeah. No, it's... uh. They're they're just awesome minifix. Like so, I, I I don't think even if it was a bad investment now, like it, it feels like it should right itself eventually. The big problem was a bunch of them went to the dollar store, and like they went to like outlet stores, and they were all being sold for like one or two dollars. I wish I would have bought a ton of them. I say that, but I I kind of don't. Oh I'm yeah, I think I, I, I think I got some of my uh, my Lego Dimensions from uh, like Five Below. <laughs> yeah. So like I, because they were so cheap. Because Lego Dimensions was so expensive. I, I mean, so like there were definitely like the expensive ones. Like I think I paid a little bit for like the Simpsons one, and then there were like ones that were like, oh shit, we made too many of these, which is strange for like a Lego product to be like that much on sale below MSRP. Yeah, Lego does not really do sales, so that that's why. Well, that's why it was astounding. That's what I'm saying. Lego always rebounds, and a lot of these minifigures are just exclusives. So you're not, you're never gonna find them anywhere else. So yeah, they're awesome. Um, Johnny, I I don't know. I've been trying to get to this for like a half hour now. We like have not talked about. We talked about all the things you think are cool. We have not talked about the things that I think are cool. Um, well, we just talked about how you like all the cheap games that are still available. I mean, I don't really like it. Like, I don't want a, a brand new copy of Just Dance 18 or no, Jeopardy. No, you sell, like, Super Mario Maker and I mean, Yeah, like, yes, sure. That That's a cool thing. I don't think it's going Split to be amazingly collectible, but I think if you ever are going to want every 3D Mario game, like, go get your 3D Super Mario 3D World. What are you doing? Yeah. Okay, tell me, tell me the thing that you like. Like, also remember, there's, like, Mario ancillary characters on here, Wooly World uh that's the start of that franchise you got splatoon a major franchise now started here there's some stuff to look out for on the wheel yeah i, I think like the franchise starting stuff like like i don't know I, I look at like pocket tournament it's just so common like i was wondering like once like people started buying like modern games on heritage auctions like are people gonna go after the the amiibo card pocket tournaments but it just seems like there's too many of them and we've yeah, said that what? about games before in the past that have seemed had seemingly endless supply and then they're gone all of a sudden but yeah, I don't just know. so you guys know, there there is on the Pocket Tournament. Uh, the first print has the uh, Dark Mew uh, amiibo card in it. The second print does not reference it or include it. Johnny, we have so you we're in to, uh, full disclosure here. We are in your spreadsheet, which has all these yeah. little categories of, of variants and collectors editions and bundles and amiibos and Wii remotes. And you skipped over the Nintendo Online Store refurbished product things, which I think are the coolest because it's like it's a bunch of the best games in the system. Yeah, I mean, we I did say that there were these were available for collectors, like if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, they're a little hard to find. 
and I don't know if this is a complete list, but this is at the time when Wii U was still an active system. This is what I found to exist. There's Mario Kart 8, New Super Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Brothers with New Super Luigi, Nintendo Land, Super Mario World 3D, and Wii Fit U. And there's also a console that has a refurb on it as well. I think maybe one or two consoles. I think, yeah, uh, I think there's multiple consoles with this on it. Yeah. Um, Which is like a weird thing to see consoles with. Re- yeah, there's the Wii uh, 32 gig deluxe bundle with Nintendo Land. Um, there's the deluxe white console version. And I think maybe those are it. There there might have been on other ones, but uh, I can't confirm. Uh, and so, I didn't look that yeah, What these are, they you bought them on the Nintendo store, store.nintendo.com. And yep. it would be like, here's a refurbished copy of New Super Mario Brothers U. And I look at this listing, I'm like, where did Nintendo get like hundreds of refurbished copies of New Super Mario Brother U? What a weird thing. But it has a unique case insert that has a big, ugly red bar over it. Like right in the middle of the yep, case. It's not right like a so player's ugly. choice. It's just like, bam, refurbished product, you fucking poor. Um, yep. And I like, I flip flopped on them because these, like there were some, like, I think like uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2, I think was available well after that game was a thing on store.nintendo.com. And I look at it and I'm like, it seems like something that might not be that easy to find later on. But the prices, there was still, it's like Nintendo. So they want like, like 30 bucks for it or something. So I like, look at it. I'm, like, I'm not, it, I, I convinced myself that it's just like player's choice. And it's not. I think that they are. Now that I have bought none of them, I don't think I have a single one of these. I think they're pretty cool. And there's multiple. And so there's one that have this big red bar printed on the insert. And there are other versions that have a sticker instead. So keep an eye out for those sticker variants, Johnny. I did a search for uh, Wii U refurbished and I found zero of them on eBay. I imagine most people don't specifically list the variant. But uh, I found one new Super Mario Brothers U in completed listings that sold for $52. Um, also, uh, Nintendo still st- still sells refurbished refurbished stuff. Oh, what do like they got can, right now? Uh, they have some, they have like a couple of different versions of the Switch, AC adapters. They've got docks. Like they don't have the Animal Crossing dock uh, available, but it's in the store. It's sold out right now, but it's like listed at like $40. They've got some Switch lights. So Basic yeah, no, they've had this refurbished junk um, for a long time. Yeah, but the the hardware they've had, but they have any software right now? They no software right now. Oh wait, I'm going. To, oh, I just went to Switch refurbished. Okay, I'm I'm here looking at all this stuff. Maybe they haven't done this series for the Wii U. Maybe they never will. Maybe they'll never do the Switch. Um, oh, that's what I meant. The Switch. Yep. Switch Wii U. Ha! What's the difference, Johnny? Uh, practically nothing because all of those games came out on the Switch eventually. Johnny, there's three more games that... You, what? Is, so you want to collect the Wii U, guys? Three more games. Uh, what was the last game that came out? The GTA thing. Uh, that was I'm scrolling, Shakedown I'm scrolling. Hawaii. Shakedown, Shakedown Hawaii. Hawaii. Shakedown Hawaii. <laughs> uh, basically, a limited print game that came out for no reason. One of the most fascinatingly late releases of all time. It was it one. It might have been like almost two full years since a game had come out on Wii U, and that game was Axiom Verge, already a game that came out way too late. But then out of nowhere, Shakedown Hawaii comes out by one of these limited print companies, I think, 
or maybe it was ju- it was just it's the publisher. by the same people who do all the other shakedown games so. okay yeah and what they make like three thousand copies or something maybe something only three thousand like of the variant art the weird thing what did they make two different versions because there was like yes. a collector's edition oh it was, it was such a scam oh my god i, I oh, honestly that's right there was a collector's edition and a regular and then there was a wii version for some reason but that was only a pal exclusive like what? It's just so so weird. I was so happy I didn't have to buy that one. I was like, thank you for making it PAL only. I forgot what it was. I think it was this is off memory. I think it was sixty dollars for the regular version of Shakedown Hawaii. And you could pay like sixty-five dollars or seventy and get an exclusive insert. And the whole idea was like, hey idiot, <laughs> you're gonna pay $120 for Shakedown Hawaii on the Wii U. I like there's a version of me that would have done that, but because it was so blatantly like, hey, idiot, we're going to get you to buy two copies of the same version, uh, the same game for the fucking Wii U. I just I just did not did buy they, it. I bought my regular edition. I didn't even give them the extra five bucks. Did they do that? Didn't they include the other insert? I don't think they did. I'm almost positive. Maybe was it like reversible? No, because they they upcharged for the insert. I remember. I uh, yeah. <sighs> Maybe I'm missing. No, I want to let's tell this this story. Okay, no, no, it wasn't that bad. Okay, there was a standard edition for twenty five dollars and a special edition, which has the special edition insert for thirty dollars. You know what? What is it? Fifty five dollars for both. I'm still not getting scammed. I still only bought the twenty five dollar edition. I'm sure, like financially, whatever. That's not the right thing to do. But if I had both, like I'd never sell them. So who fucking cares? I only care about having the one. I don't need a, a special edition insert. Oh my yeah, god, are there a lot of them on uh, on the eBay? Uh, well, like because who bought it? Like who bought it for the system that didn't do well to begin with? It's it's they're it's about equal actually of of the special edition versus the regular on eBay. Yeah, I uh, I want to say that like I thought I rationalized it by being like, oh, they included the cover, but maybe they didn't. I want now. I have to like go watch an unboxing video because I don't. Oh, don't do that. Um, oh no! Wikipedia list includes fucking uh, digital games. I want to just give context to how late this game came out. Um, I I want to say this came out in like twenty twenty. <sighs> yeah, so it came out in August twenty twenty. But when when did Axiom Verge actually ship from Limited Run Games? I think it was like early 2019, maybe, maybe 2018. Maybe. The interesting thing is the Wii U is like the only system like of recent memory that didn't get like, uh, well, not only system, but like the PS4, uh, which I have a relationship with and Nintendo I have a relationship with, but we didn't see a bunch of Wii U releases, you know, so that, that was cool. I'm glad we don't like, please limited run. Don't, don't. Be like, oh, you know what? We so should put funny. out. I don't think Nintendo would let them. They'd, they'd probably be like, get get off our dead console. What are you doing? Yeah. So I mean, John, I don't. It's just so cool that it's so late. It's so stupid, Johnny. It's just so it's a, stupid. It's a weird thing. We don't need to keep covering this up. I know. I, the we, other thing, uh, just the Breath of the Wild misprint. It's it's all right. It's all right. I think. Tell it's, the people what it is. There's uh all right. So the the first release of Breath of the Wild, which to be clear is the one literally everybody bought because. Uh, Everyone bought this at launch except for Johnny, apparently. Uh, the first print of Breath of the Wild on the Wii U has seven controllers on the back. Uh, it includes 
uh, Wii controller icons as opposed to the corrected version, which only includes Wii U controller icons because Breath of the Wild doesn't support Wii controllers. Uh, this is something that a lot more people have been noting on eBay, like in their listings, like error print, first print. This is the rare special edition. Um, but they're, they're not that expensive. They're still like less than MSRP, which would be like less than 50 bucks. I think, um, I don't, it's, it's probably not the rarest thing in the world. It's all right. It's a Zelda variant. Go, go get Zelda variants. Breath of the wild is one of the best games ever made. Even if it's the Wii U version, I think this will be cool to have in the future. And even like the sealed ones, like there, there's this heritage auctions crowd that has tried to pump them, but looking at eBay, there's a lot of them. Um, so it seems like the supply is coming to market and there isn't enough people to gobble them up. Let me, uh, let me go to the old heritage auctions, Johnny. Okay. Do it. Uh, (laughs) you cannot put a price on things. Uh, so all of these sold at the end of last year, the breath of the wild, we use all of them from like 9.4 to 9.8 condition, $450, $500, $840, $2,640. So the price is uh, throw a dart at a board and guess. Um, oh, good. But this sure. is the only other Wii U games that have ever been on in, like the heritage auction scene have been like Batman Arkham Origins, <laughs> which sold for $450. Uh, apparently sure. a, a new Super Mario Brothers U. Uh, is it a first print? No, it's not. Uh, sold for $432. I don't know. I, I the, it's pretty obvious what the, the heritage auctions crowd cares about on the Wii U. It's the comic games and the Nintendo games. But um, anyway, that's just the other thing I think is kind of neat. I'm, I bet I bet you could find a quote from me calling that stupid bullshit. But now that people more people know about it and it's like in eBay titles and people aren't like gouging like $150 for them. Like now um, I feel comfortable saying like, yeah, go go get your first print Breath of the Wild for 40 bucks or something. All right. You you uh, want any other stuff on the Wii U? Or are we good? Do, do we, I, just, I don't... Why are we talking about the Wii U? Because this, there's some this surprising episode stuff. Would not, Johnny, I'm dead serious. This episode would not have happened if you didn't show me that fucking $2,400 Skylanders thing. <laughs> it was very surprising. So uh, that's it. That That's it for the Wii U talk. Thanks for uh, hanging out for that. Let's uh, move on to the other part of the show. Oh my God. Are you talking about the collector's questions yes, that I, I have ready for you in just you, a second? You're like, okay. Uh, by the way, just that Shakedown Hawaii also came out on the Switch. So Switch, Wii, and Wii U. No one cares about the Switch version. Come on. It's, yeah. The funny thing is, so it came out on the Wii. Is it the last Wii game or is Just Dance the last Wii game? Uh, well, it came out on the Wii, but it came out only PAL, so it's probably the last PAL. Oh, Wii fuck game. it, never mind. I forgot that it's PAL. Uh, what, what, which was, was there like some w- licensing problem? They were like, no, we're not going to license another uh, Wii game. <laughs> I, but we have this I, contract in Europe. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not know. Also, guys, don't look for like Wii U videos on on YouTube right now. All the pricing is like really bad. They just use price charting, and they like don't acknowledge the. Like COVID spike, they're like, look at these trends on prices. It went, it went up three thousand percent from. I guess it started to take off, and uh, it looks like uh, twenty twenty, the middle of twenty twenty, and then uh, Q 
keeps going up from then. And like, oh, did something happen? There's literally a video of a guy going through all prices for like five games, and he does not recognize the pattern. He's like, <laughs> oh, and I see that in like March, it has a big spike. And I've been collecting for a long time, so I know that this means that this game is going to, it's super rare and valuable. Guys, if you are going to conventions, like, I, I don't know how many conventions are happening. I imagine some are still, because whatever. But, you know, it's good. So the world's going to open up this year, next year, whenever it opens up. Um, there are so many sellers use goddamn price charting. And I think price, it, you might be able to take advantage of the people who are just like, oh, look, there's a spike in March because there was one sale and like an algorithm overcorrected. Like, are people ever going to stop trusting these price tracking websites when the prices are so clearly off? I don't know. I, like the I last thing I get... went to was that that limited run block party thing. That was God. It feels like ages ago. I could not believe every single price, every single price that someone looked up was just from price charting, and then they gave me a discount off it. It was already ridiculously too low. So uh, there's going to be like a big show here, I think, in February or March or something. And um, that's Stefan, I, I believe, is a part of. And I am just, uh, I just don't know if I'm going to that. Uh, I mean, Bruce Dickinson is doing his spoken wo- word tour next week in Raleigh, but I'm, I'm sadly not going to it, Johnny. Hmm. Sorry to hear that. So uh, you said don't look on YouTube for Wii U videos. I have a project that I have postponed now for like five years I'm just never going to do it. I don't know if someone has done this work already. Wii U is a modern enough console that you could go on YouTube and find an unboxing video day one of literally probably, maybe not every single game, probably 80% of the games at least. You could maybe find someone who bought Hello Kitty Cruisers and posted a video with like their flip phone, it looks like, but you'd be able to make out what, uh, what kind of manual it came with. So a lot of Wii U games didn't come with manuals, and then there are variants of the stupid little, like, single-page manual that they come with. I don't know if there's, like, a perfect guide to what came with everything. Is there? Does that exist already? I don't think so. Yeah, because I'm looking at your spreadsheet, and you don't even have uh, noted what doesn't have a manual. So nope. if someone just make a complete in-box content list for the Wii U, God, there's only, there's less than 150 games, there's not, there's less than 175 games and a lot of games don't even have manuals, and there's only there's only like a few of those single page variants. Just someone get that all together, so we can figure out that all our stuff. Is yeah, 100% I, I correct. was going to start listing all the games that didn't have manuals, but then a bunch of mine were sealed, and I was like, I'll never get this right. So, but you can't don't. just list no manual because aren't there games that don't even come with that single sheet? Or am I crazy? Uh, the I'm sure there are multiple variants of yeah. incarnations. Uh, like I think the uh, the Ducktales. The one that comes with the paint, it comes with like a color sheet that has like more colors Ooh. than the other sheets. Oh, I can tell you on that one. I'll look at my copy and let you know. Uh, Johnny, collector's questions. Are we done with the Wii U? Is anyone listening to this episode? <laughs> if you're skipping episodes, people, <laughs> people are like, yeah, I can skip this one. I think I'm good. All right. Got a um, question? Let's see. A Tiger Wolf asks, have you been listening to ASMR podcasts, Tyler? I don't know what you're talking about. Am I in the wrong? No. What are people talking about? Man. It's probably a throwback to an episode we did two months ago. 
more like four months ago. Uh, do you guys ever get hyper fixated on a specific category of collecting, be it console type game set, etc., for a period of time and find it harder to collect your other goals uh, when that happens? Or are you good at keeping all of your priorities straight at any given time? Asks strange. No, obviously I'm a, a super obsessive weirdo. So if I get hooked on a thing, then that's the thing I'm doing. You're like, oh, well, uh, I guess I'm going to go collect Harry Potter books for my wife. See you in three months when my money recovers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like my my main system now is I have all these save searches. Like I've, I've probably got, let's, let's look here. Eyeballing it. 200 save searches that I check multiple times a day. So that, that covers all of my interests. So obviously if I see something there that's on my like gotta have it list, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be super fixated, but there are times when I learn about some variant that I've never seen before that, uh, I get, I get the fever in me, Johnny. If like, it's not on eBay, it just, it like does not exist, but I need to have it. Like all of a sudden I get in my brain, Oh my God, every game collector on earth knows about it, wants it. And I'm never going to get one when it'll be like, it'll be like a variant of like fucking mist or something that no one fucking cares about, but I'll just be like, Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta get this before everyone else figures out that it exists. When I have lived my entire 32 year life, completely oblivious of this thing and have been totally happy and no one cares about it. But then I will start like checking that search like 12 times a day. Absolutely. Same, but, uh, same than, so I get fixated in that sense, but I, I get uh, fixated on that. And then when I find out something, if something's new and interesting or like if my brain just kind of shifts, like, so when I decided I was going to buy that castle gray skull, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it. So a normal person would just go look and be like, all right, castle gray skulls. These are like a pretty good price. All right. Bought my castle gray skull and move on. What did I do? I made a bunch of lists of He-Man figures, uh, not just, of the original ones, but I'm like, well, I should know what the original ones are, uh, what the re-releases were in like 2000. They did this special edition. Um, I should know, I, like I have some idea, but I, I want to know about the 2000 X line plus all the masters of the universe classics, which gets muddled in a, a bunch of different ways. So I just made these giant lists and then like need to understand the pricing. Like I needed to understand how to collect all of masters of the universe in all of its incarnations to, to buy fucking Castle Grayskull from the original, it was like ridiculous. But my brain just was like, this is a thing we need to know about right now. I just want to know about this. And that, that happens to me all the time. Like, I'll just fixate. And that's why I get like on a series of games and you'll see like 20 stupid games. They're like, oh, okay. That's why I have a Wii U list with a bunch of like dumb variants. Yeah, all the time. That, that's my whole life. Is just yeah. getting hyper fixated. Yes, I'm like pretty good at like kind of maintaining my goals, but I go like off the rails. Right, right now, I'm just on like getting all of my Stephen King first prints. That's I haven't even really bought games. I haven't bought any Stephen King stuff yet because I'm not ready because I haven't done enough research, which is ridiculous. Johnny, what do you guys think about all these newfangled console mods? Some of them are fa fairly minimal, but others involve cutting system plastic, replacing components, bypassing components, etc. Do you think consoles should remain unmodded except for repair work to keep them functioning, i.e. recapping? Or do you think it's okay to do these modifications? Um, to fill in anyone who is not filled in, also I would consider myself not filled in, but there are things like optical disk drive emulators for maybe the PlayStation, but I know definitely Sega Saturn. Um, 
that you, you could basically just like replace the disk drive in your Sega Saturn with an SD card. I assume these are the kind of things that he's talking about. Oh, and like RGB upgrades and stuff, like where you got to cut or like HDMI mods to old systems. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, I think, yeah, just do whatever the fuck you want to a console. There's so many consoles. Um, I think emulation sates so many people. And there are so many consoles, and they just aren't as throw-outable as media. I think people, it's something that people either keep around in an attic or give to Goodwill. I think it, it, they just don't disappear as much. I mean, obviously, tons of them have disappeared, but, um, like, NES. Well, How many NESs are there? How many people consoles. do you know who have, like, resold video games over the years who have stacks of, like, 40 NESs. They're just like, oh yeah, those are the consoles I never got around to. Like, yeah, if someone wants to up. fuck it up, and they want to fuck it up to make it better, like, knock yourself. There's there's almost nothing yeah. that I would say is too rare. Like, I don't know, some, like, a Nintendo TV game that's, like, from 1977, Nintendo's first console, technically. Like, I wouldn't fuck one of those up, because all of its value comes from its collectability. So, if you mod it to be RGB, like, wh- wh- who, how is the world why, benefiting why? from this? I'm like, but even that, even that, like, it's not that rare. Like, you, you could really just get a, a junker and and do it. So, yeah, I'm I'm pro console mods. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with console mods. Like, you know, I I wouldn't take out like a system I bought just for collectability. Like, I wouldn't take out my gold, uh, like Target or Target uh, Toys R Us exclusive uh, N64 and like mod that. You know, I I wouldn't do it to that, but I would grab any old basic N64 and just be like, yeah, sure, cut it up. Put a clear case on it. I don't give a shit. I actually, uh, so my Nintendo 64, I have, um, what is it? I got a Fantastic Grape. Is that the, is it Midnight Blue? No, it's Grape, right? It's Grape. Uh, I've got a Grape one, but I I modded the PCB from a different N64 and stuck it in my Grape console. Not for any, like, to keep it pure reasons, just because the other one had, like, an easier motherboard to mod. Oh. Yeah, I I think we agree. We don't really care. There's, like, there's, there's, there's a few instances where maybe you should just find the more basic version and mod it, but other than that, like... Yeah, I mean, don't mod an Apple One computer that's worth like a million dollars. But yeah. other than that, whatever. Uh, what is the? Uh, let's do another one, Johnny. What is the best in the wild score you've had in the past five years? In the wild, meaning something at a shop, flea market, or eBay, or whatever. Just not a sick deal from a friend. In five years, five years is a long time. Um, and by best, I mean something super rare or valuable for a really good price. So I guess he's clarifying we can't just pick something that we like. Um. All right. Let, let, you go first, Johnny. I'm, I'm going to go through my Instagram because I, I bet I posted my best deal on Instagram. Well, I, well, I have to think like my best deal. Like what? What would my best deal be? Like I, I, I mean, I find some stuff out in the wild sometimes, but I, I don't really hunt in the wild. That's like well, so uh, he counted eBay. He just didn't want to do like bro deals. Like I don't know what's going on. I'm like I'm not getting a lot of bro deals here, guys. I buy like seventy five percent of my collection just straight off eBay. Yeah, likewise. I, I even with that, like I don't know. Five years. Uh, you know, I could probably so like five. <laughs> You know, I mean, like, if you, if you just do, if you put it down to dollars, um, like, probably, like, my sealed Super Mario 64, maybe, I don't know what it's worth, but I spent 900 and it's probably worth at least 
10 grand, maybe? Yeah. The $40 I spent on Devil's Third? Yeah. Um, and that's probably older than five years now. Man, I don't... I, I really... I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer for that question. Like, the last thing I can really think of where I felt like this is a dumb, ridiculous deal I'm getting. Uh, and I'm sure there's other us. I'm just not re- remembering. It's It's been a rough week for me, guys. I've been kind of sick. Um, I I think it was when I went to Portland. Like, I always get some dumb deal at Portland. And, like... You say, uh, that's a bro deal? Like, maybe it is, but I have relationships with people, so I get deals sometimes. But I bought so many Wii games. I just, I packed boxes of Wii games and had to, like, pay uh, to, like, ship them as extra baggage on my plane home because I bought that many Wii games. That, that was, like, and I did not spend that much money. It was, like, a couple hundred bucks, and I sent home, like, 400 Wii games or something, or 300 Wii games. That's dumb. But it was, it was I guess funny. I'm proud of you, Johnny. Yeah. I, one of the ones I remember being super excited for, just in a pure price sense, uh, was New Leaf. Um, just because I got that during the pandemic and everything was up across the board. And like literally the only thing that has ever gone down are freaking blockbuster New Leaf carts of all things. Like they've been... They've been obscured out of existence. That is how much no one wants your weird, rare Sega Genesis cartridges now. I spent like $330 for my new Leaf, I think, which I don't know. I, I would have thought that was a screaming deal like two or three years before I bought it. And now I don't yeah. even know. Does anyone care? Maybe no one cares about that anymore. No one cares, but like, I don't. That's a hell whatever. Of a deal. I think it's the coolest shit. Yeah. You got, look, I paid more than that for mine at. So well, yeah. you you literally bought it at the top of the market. Like we we say we jokingly say everything goes up forever, which it does. But if there was ever a thing that you bought at the top of the market, it seems like New Leaf, which I don't even know how because like no one cared. But yeah, I guess yeah, just so. to explain to the half of our listeners who don't even know what this cartridge is, it was a, a flash cartridge sold by Blockbuster. So instead of renting you a physical game, they would just flash the game to a flash cartridge and give you that. Um, and so these new leaf cartridges were only tested in like Columbia, South Carolina, but there's like a bunch of them out there. There's like a, a there was one like box of like a dozen of them that was posted a few years ago. Um, but like, I think four stores had these new leaf cartridges. So they're super, super rare. And then the, um, what was the other thing called? The other block uh, game thing. factory. Yeah. So after the new leaf, what Blockbuster did is they did a different flash cart program that had a wider release called Game Factory, which, which are also they, pretty rare. Yeah. Um, and there's three different cartridge sizes two. for the Game Factory cartridges. Two. Oh, sizes. I don't know. There's two different colors. There's a red one. There's I not believe. a red one. I've never seen a picture of the red one. Show Have me a picture not, of the red am one. I, so this, oh, am I like. Making this uh, does, up in my brain. I think that's like listed on one thing, but I've never seen a red one. Someone I come and show me. I swear Rich Lecce has a red one. I, maybe he does, but typically what you'll see is a blue and a green one. I have never, ever seen a red one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so anyway, New Leaf kind of fits into that set. But I guess people just don't care. Like, I bet people still buy the, the Game Factory cards, right? Oh, yeah. They've actually got, they used to just be like $50 all day long. And then all of a sudden, uh, they weren't. They were like a, 25 to like $50, and then uh, they went up in value a bunch. There's one with uh, no label. Uh, it's $2 right now, no reserve. 
So really? that ends in four days. Good, good luck getting me to edit in time for you to bid on that, everybody. Yeah. Woo. What's, the, what's this? Whoa, Johnny, I, I just looked for Blockbuster Genesis. I'm, I'm getting off topic here. Um, what is the Blockbuster World Video Game Championship 2 card pack? What? What what are the blockbuster power blast cards, Johnny? What what is this? I told you about these. Were like cards that they promoted at with that blockbuster. Are they cool? <laughs> eh. Uh. All right. Well, there's seventy dollars for uh, for a sealed pack of those. If you don't have one, go get it and put it with your your cartridge. Come on, seventy bucks. The seller also looks like he sold a sealed forty year old version VHS and then backed out of the deal. <laughs> Well, you know, I VHS is the hottest property stuff. in the world, so. I love it. Um, Johnny, you want to do another one? Or are we done? Do we no, say we our best do stuff? One more. Um, do one more. Tiger Wolf asks, what are some games you love that are not collectible at all? The Anti-Collector's Quest. Uh, I probably should have read these in advance and prepared. So I will, I will cut out us thinking about this, Johnny. Yeah, well, that that's hard because once upon a time, my like shtick was like, always buy your favorite games. But now the market shifted and everybody was like, yeah, you should buy Mario's and Zelda's. Yeah. That used to be like my take the whole time. I'm like, buy Final Fantasy. Like, I don't give a shit about stadium events. Where's your Final Fantasy? Where's your Mario? Where's your Castlevanias? And now... It's like, uh, that, that would be like, that used to be the anti-collector's quest thing. Um, uh, Mass Effect 2, I've got a great one. Mass Effect 2, Johnny, 10 out of 10 game, completely worthless on consoles, and they overproduced the special editions, so you can just yeah. go, you can go on eBay and get like a special edition PC Mass Effect 2 for like $20 sealed. Great game. It's a great game. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, Uncharted. Basically, take everything I was saying about your favorite games and apply it to the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Yeah. Um, uh, we just did an episode. I think we did a whole episode that addresses that very idea. Yeah. So, so go listen to that, Tiger Wolf. Why are you asking this shit? Also, uh, also we I'm asked gonna... it before we did that episode. So. Uh. <laughs> I'm just going to let's put the, the Patreon shout out here. If you want to give us money and you really don't have to and shouldn't, um, you can go do that on Patreon.com slash Collector's Quest and ask us more questions that we will answer on the show. And I'm saying that because, Johnny, we've come to the end of our questions. So Whoa. if you're a patron, uh, we have one more, but whatever, that's basically the end. Uh, if you're a patron, go uh, go on Discord and, and ask us some questions for the show and make them so thoughtful and you, good ones. You can like, join uh, for who's on the Mount Rushmore video game collectors who we can. Uh, so we can oh, totally man, talk should... about that for 45 minutes unprepared. Let's fight about that some more. Or you want to fight about that some more? But before we go on Patreon, you can join for as little as two dollars or as much as six. Uh, the, all the, but the sweet spot is the four dollars. You get access to the Discord and the bonus content at every level you get access to the discord, which I think is the best feature, um, which is a lot cheaper than a lot of other Patreons. Like get the Greg games or whatever. That out. What are you talking about? Why? That, that, that guy wants to do this as a job. We're just some guys who have I, a podcast. Look, man, you ask, you ask for $50 on one of your tiers. Man, was it 50? Oh my God. It was it 10, 25 and 50. Oh, hey, you get an hour-long phone call. I mean, hey, time ain't cheap, Johnny. 
Hey, hey, patrons, you want to talk to me? I'll call you on the phone. Let's chat. Dude, if you want to talk about video games, like, dude, yeah, let's talk about fucking video games. I love yeah, talking uh, about video games. It's yeah, like, like, you might say, it's all I do, Johnny, is talk about video games. You might say, I made a podcast for that very reason, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about your feelings or if you need some, like, you know, uh, life advice, maybe maybe that's a little different. But I'll still talk to you on the phone. Like, just, like, hit me up. Uh, we can set up a video call if you need to or whatever. Like, let, let's talk. Well, I'll, I'll even FaceTime with you. No big, no big upcharge for that. Sorry, guys. Um. Yeah. All right. So I still got to cut that because you're too mean. I wasn't mean. That's just, that's <laughs> just a lot of money to ask for people a month. Prices fifty dollars a month. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you know what I get for fifty dollars a month? That's um, not even some people's like used game budget. Well, it's got to be now because every game is fifty dollars, but. Like seriously, right, I went 50... to Metal Jesus. I checked his Patreon. It's two dollars, five dollars, and ten dollars. So, yeah, say like fifty dollars is pretty high. Yeah, but you get a phone call, Johnny. Metal Jesus can't get on the phone with his six hundred thousand patrons. Well, get the Greg Games is also like buying into that, like in the investor stuff. So those guys are are bigger whales. So if he gets just a couple of those, I'd yeah, you're right. So. Now, maybe that's the goal. Like, there's also the thing where if you set a price higher, then people will think something is more valuable. Yeah. Um, the the limited run games model of pricing things, you might say. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a classic strategy. Uh, and we price ours this way because I wanted to just make it, like, pretty accessible for people if you wanted to support us very lightly. Or if you didn't at all, it wasn't that big a deal. Um, yeah, let's pretend we didn't just have a conversation about how we fucked up and should have made it $3 and $5 to make it simple. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I wish I would have done, that was a hindsight. Like after looking back at like, I wish I would have just sent three and $5. It would have made everything easier for you and for me. But now I fucked up. I fucked up. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, so join our Patreon or, or don't it's, it, we're, we, we love you anyway. Um, Get the Greg Games on YouTube. Go subscribe to him. Check out his content. I watch his live streams. I watch all his videos. I think he makes great content. His Patreon, he gets one more patron. I'm pretty sure his Patreon is going to surpass the entire sum of the Collector's Quest uh, Patreon. So clearly he's he's making valuable content for the community. Also, I realized how many, uh, like, and I, I told you about this, but I was just, like, thinking of, like, all the YouTube channels that I subscribe to and all the podcasts I listen to that fucking no one watches. Like, even, like, a, I will say a yeah. big air quotes popular show within a certain circle, like the Video Game Collectors podcast that Josh Byerly does. Like, you could look at those YouTube videos, and some of them have, like, 17 views. And it'll be, like, an hour and a half long video podcast. Or maybe that was early on, and, and they've got, like, 150 now. With, like, multiple camera angles, and he's, like, showing stuff off. And, like, it's not a well-produced podcast at all. It just, like, technically, there's, there's no editing. There's no nothing. But there's effort that goes into it, and there's a lot of information there. And fucking no one watches it, but he just does it to, to contribute to the community, to put out the information, all that stuff he does. Um, and like, I was thinking about like, just like how many, how many patrons we have and like how many, how we have like a couple thousand people listen to us and how we're never going to be metal Jesus, Johnny. And like already, I think like I could, the, the, we have a few thousand people that listen to us, which is already like, damn, there's a lot of people that listen to us. But like, if we, if there were like a hundred people that listen to collector's quest, Johnny, I would still be perfectly happy 
to just sit here and talk to you about video games because I realized that it, if if we didn't have a lot of people listening to us, that doesn't mean that people don't like our show. It means that the people who still listen to Collector's Quest, if there were only a hundred people who listened to it, are just like the fucking diehard fans. And I still think that's super just cool. At like throwing ourselves out there. And when when I like got back into doing this, it wasn't like, man, I hope to one day make this a job or a career. I was just like, I just want to talk about video games. I, no one's no one's willing to talk to me about this. Uh, and forums are like too hard uh, to get like the dialogue I want. So I'll just do a podcast. And if no one listens, fine. But I'm going to I'm going to do it. And uh, hopefully some people like it. And, you know, we'll we'll find an audience. And hey, we did. So awesome. I hate that we are barely on Google. If you look for game collecting podcasts, uh, the, the Dan was it Dan Allegra does the video game collecting podcast. He's on Google like three times. Maybe four times, and then we're the last result. I realize everyone's Google results are different, but incognito, we are the last result on the domain up.audio. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> we, we don't have a good, what is it, SOI? Oh, SEO? Search engine SEO, optimization? Yeah. Yes, we, we don't yeah. we don't have that. We don't have, like, we could be doing a lot more, and, like, maybe we should, but... I'm happy with the amount of people we have, and I, I like our audience, so it's like nothing I've ever pushed. Again, because I wasn't seeking to make this like some big thing. I just wanted to talk about video games, and if some people were into it, then awesome. Like I tried to promote it more in the beginning because I was like, I'm doing this thing. It would be nice if anyone listened to it, but now that people listen to it, it's like, all right, cool. We got, like, these are my friends, so it's like, when people said, oh, these are your fans, and I was like, oh, this, they're not like my fans. This is just like the cool people I hang out and talk to video games at. It's great. What a life we lead. Um, lots of editing. It's almost like you you could say it's like two to three solid days of work a year, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Tyler. You you get the worst part of it. Well, let's, let's move on, Johnny. What are we buying? Right. What are we playing? The most exciting I, part of the show. I, man, man when people I'm talk so about boring. like what stuff they're buying on podcasts, oh, I just want to know what's the good stuff. I, I'm the worst this week. So you go first. God damn I, it. I have <laughs> such bad answers. I have such bad answers. Um, I'm, I've been posting like everything I've been buying on, on the old. And you've been right. buying some good stuff. Oh man. I've been buying some good stuff. I didn't talk about, uh, dragon and princess or, or the dragon and princess, depending on how it's interpreted, um, on the PC 8801, Johnny, did I, I think you did. Are you serious? I actually talked about this. I want to say yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let, let's go. All right. Maniac Mansion, Johnny. I got the first print of Maniac. Mansion. Oh, yeah. I'm super jealous of that. I got the Commodore 64 version. It also had a, it came out simultaneously on the Apple II. And as much as I love the Apple II, I just associate Commodore and Maniac Mansion a lot more. I think that's the much more popular version has the more classic uh, art style. I think uh, the interesting thing about the first release of Maniac Mansion, which, by the way, if you look at the front, it's the one that has, like, the entire box is covered by art rather than in that stupid, ugly, like, turquoise frame. I, I hate, hate the other box art for Maniac Mansion. Hate it. The original looks super good, though. Yeah. Um, the back of the box says lust. So it says a story of love, lust, power, greed, wealth, and all all these, like, funny, uh, overdramatic things. And... Someone at Toys R Us, like there was a Karen at Toys R Us who picked up the box, looked at it, clearly didn't want to buy the game, noticed the word lust and made a complaint to Toys R Us that having a product with the word lust was not appropriate. 
So they got it pulled from Toys R Us shelves. So you're, you're Lucasfilm Games, and they're like, hey, uh, we're the biggest retailer, but we're not going to carry your game anymore because it says the word lust on it. And so they had to redesign the box to the shitty box uh, that also exists. Uh, even This is a cool story, but like this is not a rare version of the game. This isn't like some rare thing you got to look for. Every uh, I think every box that has like the full art on the front is one of these lust boxes. Um. So it's not that rare, uh, but it's neat. And I learned that from a game development conference. It was like one of these like Ron Gilbert talks about uh, how video games are made. And it was also funny because like uh, there's like sexual innuendo in Maniac Mansion. And you can like, you can like blow up a hamster and there's like graffiti on the wall. that's like call blah, blah, blah for a good time. Like there's stuff that's not appropriate for kids. All the stuff that's censored in the NES version. But the word lust is what actually got it pulled from Toys R Us. That is really lame, but that's yeah, got a cool story now. Yeah. Uh, and then, Johnny, the other thing I got is the, fir- the first folder faux magazine release of Little Computer People, the game everyone's been looking for. Oh, man. Is that like a prequel to SimCity or The Sims? No. Is Raid on Bungling Bay a prequel to SimCity, though? I don't know. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Little Computer People, it's it's not a prequel, but it's a precursor to The Sims. Um, so all it is, it's a stupid Commodore disc that you put into your Commodore 64 and you basically watch a guy just walk around his house and do stuff. So it'll be just like a house. You can see like the cross section of the house and he walks over to the sink and he just does the dishes and he walks over to the record player and he just dances for a while. And it's... The cool part is the packaging because it comes in this fake magazine and the manual is the size of a magazine. I don't know, it's got like 20 pages or something and it's all in like this fake article kind of format. And the the idea that it's selling you, it's almost like Seaman for the Dreamcast where it's it's not like a video game. It's like selling you that like this is an experience where you are going to do science with a living creature inside your computer and it just really hypes up this really kind of mundane, boring life simulator. But it's also just like this landmark thing in the life simulator genre. So I still wanted to have it. Yeah, little computer people. I don't know. Not a game anyone ever talks about. Uh, and this folio, I think it's really rare. But if you go on YouTube, like there's a couple like bigger YouTubers who have made videos about it. And they have this version of the game. So I don't know. I guess it's out there. Um, huh. It's cool. All right. That, those are cool things. I like I think, it. So when this came up, this this is one of these things where uh, I'm refreshing my save searches a bunch of times a day. And when I clicked this, it had four watchers on it. It was like $75 for this. And since I have put in my save search, uh, I think there is one later print that came up. Uh, it was like $200. I didn't buy it. And then this came up and had four watchers on it. And I bought it now so goddamn fast, Johnny. You did it. Yes, I absolutely did it. Congratulations. Good finds. Um, uh, all right. What'd you get? Yeah. You want to hear about the cool stuff I bought? Yes. Okay. Normally, I don't like to talk about stuff before it arrives as uh, per principle and like not tempting fate. But uh, as I was so into the Stephen King thing, um, which I actually, I, I lied. I said I didn't buy any books. I, I bought one package of books, but it was just because it was a... Uh, <laughs> Collector's edition that looks neat. Just one package. Uh, well, no, like it's a 
it's a box set. It's three books. It's the Bill Hodges trilogy. And it's got like the little smiley face sticker on it and like blood on the side. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And they're not the first prints. I want the first prints, but that was like, I could make the decision based on aesthetics alone there. Uh, game wise, though, tell me if you've heard of this. I don't think you have. Sealed. This is sealed now, mind you. Sci fi pinball box <laughs> arcade. It includes Buffy, Alien, Predator, The Fly. It's got a picture of Buffy on the cover. Not that Joss Whedon or his properties are the most popular things to talk about right now. But uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's really funny because it's like, it's got like Predator and Alien on it and like Buffy with a stake and then like Jeff Goldblum like becoming the fly. It's all weird. And then you just got like, you know, attractive Sarah Michelle Geller against all these ugly like monsters. You're just like, like we got to put the pretty face on there to help sell this thing. And it's pinball, and Tyler told me about it. So I was like, that's cool. I didn't know about that. I'll, I'll go ahead and buy it. Reminds me of the, um, oh, God, what's the pinball for the for the Lynx that has Elvira on it? It's kind of the same deal. I don't so, remember. But do you want to bought- go into the rest of the story? Why did I tell you to buy this, Johnny? Or is this too well, much of a secret? You want to save that one? No, no. Uh, that, was, that was the next thing I bought, because oh. I'm, I'm going in <laughs> sequence. Then the next thing I bought was... Uh, the Buffy uh, big box PC game because Tyler also is like, Hey, do you know about this thing? It's kind of rare and it's on Macari. Why don't you go get it? And I was like, well, I'll put in an offer. It's $12 right now. So maybe I'll offer nine and see what happens and see like uh, Tyler's like, it's rare. It's not sold. Like, don't be a dummy. Just go buy it. And I was like, fine. I acquiesced. It's and Tyler $12 it and for a yeah, big box PC game. I just, that's just how I am. I just always offer if I can. So unless I'm like super worried, but when you told me like there's no solds anywhere, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't understand the rarity when you mentioned it. I was just like, oh, I guess that's a thing that would be cool to put with my Halloween games. And I like Buffy. So yeah. Okay, cool. And then you're like, no dummy. It's rare. Go buy it. I was like, oh shit. Well, okay. I'll, I'll go buy it. Yeah. The other, the pinball thing wasn't rare. I just, since you bought this, I wanted you to have the, the Buffy big box PC set. Uh, I don't know if there's more Buffy games or anything on PC. Like maybe one of those later release ones from the mid 2000s. Um, but this Thanks. is cool. This is like a stupid activity pack. Like maybe it has trivia, but it has like a calendar and like a jigsaw puzzle. It's just like garbage that someone just slapped a bunch of photos from the show into. Um, it's got a screensaver and an address say, book. It definitely John. has screensavers, right? Uh, yeah, probably a whole CD of screensavers. Awesome. Love, love this era of just garbage that you like. This is, this is not a product that deserves to be in a two foot tall box, but because it's the nineties, it exists and I love it. But yeah, I mean, you look, uh, look on eBay, none, none in sold. You look on like big box collecting groups or like vintage PC forms. No one has ever talked about this thing ever. You look on Google images, you type in like Buffy, the vampire slayer, PC box, Buffy, the vampire slayer, big box PC. There is nothing like Johnny fucking, you needed to buy this for $12. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, when you told me, I know I I said you were right. I I just can't believe you put in an offer. (laughs) I didn't have all the knowledge you had, to be fair. How how much are you, like, in terms of just, like, packing something up, going to the post office, like, at what point is it just worth it to throw something out? Because I don't know this person. I think, like, if you're already selling a $12 item and you're minus Mercari fees, and you get $6 for shipping, I guess, so it was, like, $18 shipped. Like, all right, that's, like, borderline, but, like, if you offered, like, $8, I'd be like, I'm just going to throw it out. <laughs> 
Uh, I expected a negotiation. I expected to pay ten. <sighs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was going through. What did this happen today? I was going through Mercari like today or yesterday, and I just kept finding cool stuff for other people. So shout out to all the people I sent stuff to. I hope I curated your selections well. And if you yeah, didn't I receive something from me, it's because I think you have no interests. I, you know, I didn't do a lot of looking also this, like, you know, I was sick last week and then my son's daycare got shut down and then I went to the hospital the beginning of this week. So yeah, it's, it's been rough, dude. I've been like, and then like my uncle died. It's been just like got a memorial coming up. There's been no like time for even like video game hunting. It's been real dumb. All right. Well, what are you going to do? I hope the hope your Buffy games make you feel better. Uh, you should uh, fill hope, fill your sad emotions with physical objects, Johnny. That's uh, well, clearly the way collectors I, quest. Yeah, that's uh, you know, uh, you know, retail therapy, and then eat until you feel better. I'm doing both of those things. Perfect. Yeah, it's great. I'm actually not eating like anything. I'm on the blandest of bland diets right now. It's the worst. I'm like, oh, let me enjoy my chick uh, or uh, my chicken broth and my toast. Mmm, filling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear this. Yeah, that happens. What, what? I mean, what are you gonna do? Sometimes you get sick. I mean, well, anyways, uh, while you're sick, did, did you play any video games? I did. Um, not the first day because I was in too much pain to even do so. And actually, I was playing before because I I had some like weird downtime. Um, because my son was, uh, he was home. There was no daycare for him because they shut down his daycare. Uh, so like he was home and he would take naps. I'm like, Oh, I got like two hours and I don't want to like get super involved in anything. Um, so I started playing call of duty. So what I did was play call of duty. I thought you were going to say Metroid dread. And that has been just like pushed off my list. That is like a later this year kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to get to Metroid dread, but I like, I can't focus. I'm like, as I'm sick right now, I'm literally like, I'm in pain if I move. So I'm like kind of distracted, but yeah, I've been playing. I, I, I played enough of like, I went back to one of the old ones and uh, like the modern warfare remake. And then I picked up Vanguard cause why not? And yeah, I've been playing Vanguard recently. So there you go. If you want to get in some COD time with me, just uh, find me on Xbox. Uh, anything else, Johnny? Something that I, I've, I can't respond to anything with call of duty anymore. I have no context and there's nothing to say about it. No, that there's nothing to say. That's all. I've got nothing else. I played though. two video games. Are you a madman? Um, Johnny, I've been playing Ultima four yeah, more Ultima, huh? Uh, so I, yeah, I st- are you the ultimate Ultima yet? I'm not, I'm not the avatar yet. I'm trying to be the avatar here, Johnny. I got. I gotta become the master. You're still on the quest to become the avatar. I gotta. I gotta find the runes, and then the runes unlock like the temples. I think, and then the temples you can meditate at them. But you need to be virtuous in each of the virtues, and you gotta go into the dungeons. And the dungeons are named like the opposite of the virtue that they represent. And then you find the the stones in the dungeon. And then you go to the altars, and the altars connect the dungeons, but there's like three dungeons that are connected to an altar, something four dungeons, maybe, and you have to put the stones in the right order. There's so much goddamn shit in this game. Like, Ultima 3, you could go through, and it's one of those RPGs where, like, it's pretty complex, you maybe want to keep notes, and I certainly kept a lot of notes, but this game, like, if you were a nine-year-old kid, yeah, I could see it from two ways. Like, either you could not play it 
there's there's too much going on. It's literally too complex of just like stuff you got to manage. It's not like hard. It's just like you got to manage a lot of information because the game doesn't repeat it to you or tell you at all what you actually need to do. Or the other thing is, if you were nine years old, you could literally like 100% you could play this game for 200 hours and not beat it and just be like, I'm going to play Ultima 4. I don't know what I'm doing. I just feel like getting lost and fighting some random battles today. Sounds terrible. I guess it's cool. Yeah, it's Ultima 3 I was pretty excited for because the simplicity made it kind of easy to play. And this is just like, yep, it's one of those complex, uh, kind of annoying to play old RPGs. I never, I mean, granted, I only played the NES and Super Nintendo versions, but like every time I played one, I'm like, I don't like this game. I just don't like anything about it. So I'm I'm playing the NES version and in Ultima 3, uh, they had this, so the way the world map worked is you see, you see a shadow and if you wanted to avoid a random encounter, you just run away from the shadow and you never have to get into a random battle. But the game, this game was ported by FCI, who's a Japanese company. And in Ultima 4, it's just fucking Final Fantasy random battles everywhere you walk. And it's... Ugh. I hate it, Johnny. And it's not its not like Final Fantasy, because Final Fantasy would be like, here's three dudes. In Ultima, it's like, here's 12 dudes. Time to have a turn-based, like, grid-based combat system. Ugh. Uh, it's so annoying. I, I think the worst recent game of memory that... I played RPG that was Octopath Traveler. As much as I was really enjoying it, I spent over an hour in one boss battle, and then I lost. And it like took me 15 minutes to walk there, and then an hour to play, and then lose. And I didn't feel like I was winning at all. Yeah, I to get games like that. Just uh, they just no thanks. So, I mean, I'm, uh, there's only so much history I'm getting from this because I'm playing the NES version, but like, I get it. It's, it's a shitty old NES RPG of a port of like a computer game. It's a, it's a fucking mess. I get it. But for Octopath Traveler, anything like that, like, Johnny, uh, all the great minds of RPGs got together and they made this game called Chrono Trigger. And it was fucking awesome and had all these battles and you'd only fight them once and they could just walk around the world and do whatever you want. And it didn't rely on like this shitty outdated system from like the early 1980s. They figured it out. When did Chrono Trigger come out? I don't know, 1993, something like that. Why the fuck aren't, isn't every JRP, why didn't they figure out how to make video games yet, Johnny? I, you know, I'm okay with like some of the grinding and, and bullshit stuff you have to do. And like I said, I was enjoying Octopath Traveler, but like... A battle just shouldn't take an hour. And, like, maybe I was doing something fundamentally wrong, but, like, it just shouldn't... You should just time out. It should just be, like, 20 minutes. Or like, I'm sorry. This is taking too long. <laughs> just stop. You're, 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 you win because you you yeah, you timed out your opponent, or uh, you just have to start over because you just don't have this right. I'm trying to think of like a boss fight that took an hour that I actually like enjoyed. Like what are, what are like the longest boss fights? There are definitely boss fights where like I got stuck for a long time. Like I'm just, I'm thinking of like Omega pirate in, was it Metroid prime or Metroid prime two? I remember that was really hard for me. Like when I was playing that, but yeah, like one RPG boss for an hour is, I mean, RPG fights, like they aren't that interesting, right? Like you're like, here's what's happening. I'm trying to, uh, cast the right magic because you've like got some counter thing going on right now. And I don't want to like 
send fire when it's going to bounce back and do a bunch of damage to me. And then you're going to do a really big attack. So I have to make sure everybody's healed enough. So not any, so no one dies because once one person dies, then uh, it just all goes downhill from there. And I'm just going to keep doing physical damage with the guys that, that can do it. And uh, unfortunately this one character is totally useless in this fight. And, but I need them to kind of heal, but Oh God, uh, so they can take some hits, Johnny. Yeah. And I'm just going to manage through that cycle of like, okay, you are going to heal everybody and you're the guy who can cast maybe one magic spell that hopefully doesn't get rebounded into us because the magic is doing the best damage. But if he's got the wrong, if the wrong, uh, like spell comes up, uh, then it's going to blast me and kill my whole party. Like that's the whole fight. That's like every RPG boss. Uh, yeah. And I play, I play a lot of tactical computer RPGs, uh, where you like move on a grid and it's turn-based and it always builds up to the last boss. And it's like, okay, uh, there's a big guy and a bunch of little guys. All right. Yep. Uh, let's kill all the little guys and then let's kill the big guy. And that's, that's it. There's no, I've never felt the need to like really strategize. Oh my God. It's going to be like fucking fire emblem. Uh, that that's my favorite part too. Like the boss is about to die. And now here's some small enemies that just come out of nowhere, or you got rid of all the small enemies and, and this boss, which is just like a big physical brawler for some reason can cast fucking resurrect. You're just like, why you're not a magician. I'm not John, fighting you a know, fucking you wizard. Know which boss does that Johnny. The thing in, in not, we fit the switch fitness game. What <laughs> ring fit adventure. I'm exercising, I'm exercising. And then the boss is just like, here's two more new guys. And I'm just like, God damn it. I've already exercised the other two away, Johnny. Yeah, it, it's bullshit. It's the, I hate it. Anyways, that's all we got. Is that it for the show? Yeah, probably. Um, all right. Was there anything else I wanted to bring up? Did you play anything else? I'm playing I mean, Project Zomboid with Ada. Oh, nice. Do you know what that is? No. That game's apparently been out for like 10 years. I swear to God, it is the closest thing to The Sims in a zombie apocalypse. It's a really interesting game. It's an isometric post-apocalyptic zombie survival game. There is no goal to the game. It is assumed that you will just die eventually, but you're put into suburbia. It's like the classic infectious zombies. You're a sole survivor. You have to like go through houses, build a base and like find all their shit and like scavenge for food. But it's it's super realistic. If you get bit once by any zombie, you will get infected, and within a few days, you'll just be dead, and the game is over. But, you know, it's got just a bunch of crafting. After a couple weeks of playing the game, all the water and electricity goes out, and you have to, like, go find water and boil it, and you have to, like, find generators and put gas in them. I don't know. It's just it, we've been having a lot of fun with that. I've turned everything to, like, super easy settings, so we do not die and lose, like, dozens of hours of progress at this point. Um, so we're basically playing the Sims with a mild zombie nuisance, but I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Good. Yeah. Uh, when, when do you think you'll be playing waifu uncovered with Ada? Oh, uh, what's that? What's that game? Oh, it's that co-op shooter. I got you for Christmas. Oh, you know, I don't think I, I don't remember that one. Um, oh, it, you know, it's I might be lost on the shelf somewhere. I'm going to have to go ch- no, double check. I, on I, that. I keep saying waifu uncovered, but I, I think it's not called that. I think it's just called, uh, uh, play play shooter with my wife that that's uh co-op adventure for couples i think is what mm. it's called co-op shoot i can't even think what's a shooter that she would enjoy playing with me it's probably not waifu that uncovered probably I, is i can't even it's think more, of a, a two-player shooter i've ever really played that much i'm gonna i'm gonna message ada and ask her to play it with you okay you can certainly do that 
But like, will you please play with this? I got it for Tyler, and he promised he would play it, and he says he won't play it with you. He Have says you ever he played a two-player shooter, Johnny? You're freaking me out. Have you ever played like a, a two? Like sat down for a few hours with a friend and played a shooter. The only yeah. one I could think of is Ikaruga. Uh, on the GameCube because I just remember being like my friend got it and I'm like why is there a shooter these are old games for old consoles but there's a new one this is crazy let's go and we sat down and we played Ikaruga for uh, like a bunch a bunch of times but other than that I can't think of a two-player shooter I've played well this is one for you and you can check out oh my god if you like it I'm not playing waifu uncovered with my wife (laughs) why she is your waifu um yes Honestly, Johnny, it is it is the genre more than the content. She I'm likes isometric, clicky games where we can uh, we can kill look, some stuff I'm just and asking build for, some stuff. I'm just asking for twenty minutes. Oh my god, twenty minutes, not a big deal. All right, it, what if she? I like if she doesn't like it, she might resent you. But I'll do it. I'll do it, Johnny. All right, okay. we, we gotta I mean, get off okay. the stupid. Like I'm sure Ada resents me already. So no, for, like, no stealing your time. It. Johnny got something to pump. Okay, pump it up, pump it up. I'm going to be recording an episode of the Lost Joystick Network. Oh, shit. Pump, featuring pump, pump Platform Agnostic and Notorious J. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode on Ninja Gaiden 3. And if you don't know what the Lost Joystick Network is, because you're not one of their seven Facebook fans, uh, it is uh, yet another podcast about old games. But it's by a couple of game collectors who I will say are fairly similar to us in in their tastes and what kind of games they like and their ability to appreciate games and collecting games and playing games from all eras, even though they do have a bias towards NES. But also, I think a bunch of people like us have a bias towards NES. Um, Correct. So if you're listening, looking for more podcasts like that, you can be the eighth fan of the Lost Joystick Network. And you should definitely do that. Tell them why Ninja Gaiden 3 is the best action platform game ever made. It's weird that you keep saying Ninja Gaiden 3 instead of Ninja Gaiden 2. <laughs> and, you know, Johnny, it's going to come up on the show. I will break down why Ninja Gaiden 2 is the worst Ninja Gaiden game, but still okay. a really, really good game. All right. Okay. I think that's it for us tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Tyler, where can the people find you? Uh, find me on the Instagram and video game sages because sages? DNS is still broken. Um, I'm default gen default G E N. You can find me at Johnny underscore Iuchi on Instagram and uh, Johnny on video game sages. I think I'll have to log in and see if that works. And uh, also on our discord, that's the best place to find me now. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. And uh, you know what we do here? We say bye. That is our show. I'm sure like seven people already sent me a message. That Chrono Trigger came out in 1995. I'm sorry. I was not playing RPGs. I didn't even have a Super Nintendo in the 90s. Thank you to ApeBit, apebit.bandcamp.com. Like the monkey, he makes our amazing intro music. And thank you to the patrons, Richard, patron number one, Bowden, Canadian variant alert, Chris Glidden, Nintendo world champion, Daniel Jaxvik, high-end collector, Andrew Brim, Greetings, stranger! I'm not surprised to see Andrew Shelton around here. 50 Hertz is good enough for me, Andre. Ben Parker, a bad enough dude to rescue the president. Video games were meant to be slabbed. Brandon Ackley, Brian Gupta, and Pocky and Rocky with Becky. Mint condition, Brian J. Mora. 
the strictly limited super rare Bruno, Fat Cat Collector Chris Jackson, Chris SNK, too many NES accessories, Morozek. He's really got too much. I, he's in a, an Instagram chat with me right now talking about like buying Famicom holsters, like new in, new old stock Famicom gun holsters. Chris, you gotta draw the line somewhere. Johnny's GBA hookup, coffee with Mr. Saturn, playing with power, Connor Strange, the last game you need for the set, Corey O'Brien, unpunched hang tab, Dustin Beagle, Dustin Beagle, you are so valuable these days, Jesus. He has returned to judge this city, Eric Addison, man of Nintendo in the world of Nintendo, Funky Brewsta, the actual Shinobi, Jasonic the Kid, Jeff the Game Boy Ferris, Red Pyramid Thing, Jonathan Shados, the Nintendo Tape Archivist, Joseph Leo, Lance Lord Hardstyle Z, the Degenerate Matt Fall, Mr. CIB, get your loose Genesis carts out of here! Funko Land employee, platform agnostic. I'm on his podcast. Everybody, go listen to his podcast, Lost Joystick Network. It's an awesome podcast. Not the one I'm on. I'm going to be on, like, the worst episode, but I like all his other episodes. Uh-oh, I, now, I just read the Game Shark now, but I didn't have, like, the, the high-energy one to go into the low-energy one. Funko Land employee, platform agnostic. Read the Game Shark. The Famicom Box Retro Game Enthusiast. He was also on the podcast, by the way. They can beat Ghost and Goblins twice. Sheffish. Vintage video game connoisseur who knows they're better than modern games. The Fuzzy. Fuzz, you're not listening to this. I don't even know why you're on the Patreon. I know Fuzz in real life. I don't know why they signed up to the Collector's Quest Patreon. Gamer Collective, the new craft who can beat Mega Man without the pause trick, previously unknown variant, Tim Walker, from the internet, Todd Fisher, can't put limits on collecting, VG Collectaholic, the Millennium, Will Joe, Keeper of the Zelda variant, Zero X Death Code. I'm not mad that you completely outplayed me in video game Sage Werewolf, I'm just disappointed. In myself, getting the full PS2 set because Stefan won't, all caps, no gods or kings, only Andy Lancaster. Man, that's like one of my favorite ones. What a 9.8 A++ Benji, the actually rare Bird Dog Gaming, Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode, dropping the Mario 64 Penguin off the map. So what happened here? <laughs> Brandon, I got your name like spelled completely wrong and you sent me a message on Instagram. Where this is just gonna be like one of these we're not gonna get through the. We're not gonna get through the shoutouts here. Brandon Chalker. I have his name. It starts with a, a T S. Dropping the Mario 64 penguin off the map. Brandon Chalker. Oh, maybe that's how you actually spell your name, and you were just telling me how to pronounce it. Man, I'm bad at this this reading names thing. Brandon Rogers, whose favorite episode is the wrestling episode. Still finding deals in 2022, Colton Murphy. A winner is him, David Green, Derek Lauer, who made me edit this show, Don Libby, the hero of time, actually understands the Zelda timeline, Jeff Pierce, he is error, Jeff Russell, Jeremy Jarvis, here for the Pog Talk, Joe actually plays his games champ, Pity, video game art collector, because video games are art, Justin Chichio, lateral movement, who's got a Donkey Kong kill screen coming up, Michael posted in the Discord right now, Chiaramonti, Nick the Video Game Database Morgan, 
homebrew mastermind Divertov, the other guy who collects Korean releases, Peaceful Games, Dungeon Master Reed Stubinick, the promoter retro RPG podcast, Tom Obscure Variant Chaser Chase, Zaventorian, he knows all 97 Nintendo games, 32 bits or less, do the math! Another nickname I'm very proud of. Andrew actually collecting Engage O, Chesno, all your base are belong to him, Colby, he is Sinistar, Corhagen does what Nintendo don't, Daniel McArdle, who thought this was the Retronauts Patreon, the modern database, Danny Gomez, the philatelist, dork overlord, my childhood PlayStation idol, game-rave.com, he's got elemental gearbolt assassins case guys like the holy grail of video games. One just sold on Heritage Auctions for $20,000 compared to all the other bullshit that sells on Heritage, like not enough. But you know what? You know, games are cooler for more than just their price and Assassin's Case will always be one of the coolest collectible video games, man. Joseph Rogers got 50,000 on Double Dragon, collector of everything, including Atari, Kalen McAteer, Sega Sam, Sam, Sega Mark III Marks, who has told me he doesn't have a Sega Mark III. No, Sam, no one does, it's fine. Your name's Marks, you get the Mark III nickname. But I'll change it if you want me to. Sean the Video Game Illuminati LaCroix, thank you guys all so much. And if you can't tell, I have energy because I did this the day after editing, so I wasn't like, oh man, I gotta do the Patreon shoutouts after editing this show for four hours. Anyway, thank you guys. See ya.